Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Botter from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan Sella. Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, what are we talking about this evening? I'm going to shoot the rooster. Uh, that's a catchy tune. Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I can't stand him. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> The bees are giving you some trouble, too, huh? Yeah, being attacked by everything up here now. Anyway, it's Sundays. But at least it's our bees. <laughs> we start with a prayer. The Panama Canal, opened Saturday in 1914, will review. Then the ups and downs for the week. The Second Amendment report. The Looney Tooney Global Warming report. And we will once again visit the wonderful world of animals if we get to it. Oh... Everybody's doing animal things, it seems. Yeah. yeah. What did we hear on Dana Lash's show? Someone in Alaska dressed up as a bear? We'll be yes. talking about bears, harassing, too. Harassing uh, brown bears, grizzly bears in uh, Alaska. A mama, no less. Not smart. You don't want to mess with Mama Grizzly. This is, I, this is a thing. This is probably some kind of fraternity prank or something, because it, it's been it's been reported before, and it's just bizarre that why would you dress up in a realistic use looking bear suit and then find the nearest mother bear and cubs who's trying to eat and harass it? I don't, they didn't tell me exactly how he harassed the bear but he harassed the bear and he got within 10 feet of the cubs which i'm surprised he wasn't eaten i'll tell you what if i was one of those bystanders i'd yell across if you don't get away from those bears i will shoot you well you could have said you thought it was a bear that's right <laughs> no seriously citizens need to take this kind of stuff into their own hands and police their own citizens well i i think it's the bear's decision to make who am I to tell the bear what should happen anyway so if the bear wants the other bear dead the bear will kill the other bear like they do in nature that's all maybe the mother was afraid of him how afraid could a brown bear which by the way won't eat you because they don't like the taste they spit us out um, a brown bear why would he want to be afraid of how big could the person be? Imagine me dressed up in a grizzly outfit. I'm not as big as a male brown bear, especially not a 
Kodiak Island bear, bear, but that's another story. Yeah, you're getting people confused calling them brown bears. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? A grizzly bear is a brown bear. Correct. <laughs> Just clarifying, okay? People are confused enough. Okay, well, the reason they're called grizzlies because the little grizzly color on their uh, haunches when they're neck, but... Uh, Brown bears, grizzly bears are interchangeable. And the largest bear is the... Uh, Polar bear. No. No? Because, well, I should say greatest mammalian bear, the biggest, is the Kodiak Island brown bears. Because there's so much food on that island, and it's all isolated, that they're all gigantic. Even compared to the already big bears in Alaska. Okay, well, now that we've done that, <laughs> I guess we won't miss the wonderful world of animals at the end. No, well, we get to it. I'm going to say the prayer tonight because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to search for on the Internet. Again, old school, ladies and gentlemen, still don't have a computer for Brian, still working on it, and still working, working on, on paper. Looks like the closest thing I'm going to come to it is either an old tower or a raspberry pie. <laughs> for those that don't know what, I, what I'm talking about, I don't mean food. <laughs> it's a type of computer. I, I won't actually plug a raspberry pie in. Okay, serious for a minute. I said a prayer for you today, and no God must have heard. I felt the answer in my heart, although he spoke not a word. I didn't ask for wealth or fame. I knew you wouldn't mind. I asked for priceless treasures rare, of a more lasting kind. I prayed that he be near you at the start of each day, to grant you health and blessings fair, and friends to share your way. I asked for happiness for you, in all things great and small, but that you'd know his loving care, I prayed the most of all. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's all right, fine. Uh, for those that want to know what I'm talking about, a raspberry pie, first spell it correctly, R-A-S-P, as in raspberry, R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y, space P-I, no E. P-I-E would be the one you eat. But very exciting stuff going on if you don't have a lot of money. Look up Raspberry Pis and uh, it's amazing. You can buy them already put together or you can build them yourself from components. Anyway, now look it up and you'll, you'll know all about it. You'll be ahead of everyone. I think this is going to take the world by a storm myself. I just hope it works for us. I hope we can get it. Oh, I can get it. I mean, this is just... It, I just, can build it. Look, in the old, with this old school stuff, the ink is killing us. Oh, man. <laughs> we just had to change the ink cartridge again. Don't, don't, I don't have this kind of money. This is, this is rich, rich money. This is royalty money. Stinking oil. <clears throat> oil, ink, and toner. Veins of our lives. Susan will read from a Patriot's history about the Panama Canal opened Saturday in 1914. Now, we just gave up the Panama Canal, didn't we? To who? China. 
That was uh, the Billy Boy. Clinton. It was started under Carter, and then Clinton actually did the final deed and gave back the Panama Canal to Panama, except that not really, because now the Chinese have built a port on our have built up a port on each side of the canal, so the Chinese now run and own the canal. Well, how's that a big... Well, you know, that Panama Canal's uh, the shortest way across from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Otherwise, you've got to go really far, far south, all the way around South America. And that takes a long time, so you can't move your, na your naval fleets around as fast, see? That's why these things are important. Well, it, it's even more important now. And we built it. That's enough right there. We built it. We paid for it. It's ours. But that's how, that's how I would view it. And again, if this goes deeper than that, Brian, you said China has a base there? Uh, port on both sides. On both sides. Okay. What is China building in this China, in the, in the, uh, sea out there? Oil. No. They're building war yes, Oh, no, no, we're near where you're, we're talking about. It's not? Okay. No, it's the Panama Canal. Okay. Do you know where the Panama Canal is? No. Do you know where Panama is? No. I really don't care. It's okay. in South America you can somewhere. Look it up after the show. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's a place between uh, where you cross between uh, well, just north. Of... Can you hear? It's <laughs> just, just awful loud. Uh, we'll look it up after the show. It, basically, it's at the top of South America, and it was the easiest way to go straight across. It was actually quite challenging. To build, but I could, we could go on talking about that for a very long time. So Susan will instead read. Stop playing with the bees. You know, that's a sure way to get stung by a bee. I can't read this. You like should this. ignore it. Ignore the bee. Anyway. Ignore the bee. Be professional. Suck it up. Most Americans, most people wouldn't do this. Embrace the suck. <laughs> Most Americans are familiar with Roosevelt's com comment on international relations. Speak softly and carry a big stick. As a progressive, Roosevelt believed in the principle of human advance morally and ethically, which translated into a foreign policy of aggressive intervention. This is a, a chapter called Building Best, Building Greatly, 1896 to 1912. You're not close enough to the microphone. A Patriot's History of the United States <laughs> by Larry Schweikart and Michael Allen. That's Michael what the P. Book Allen. Is. Michael P. Allen. But notice, progressive, aggressive intervention. Well, World War One. Tommy the Commie Woodrow Wilson. World War Two. FDR. Teddy Roosevelt. If you need another one. Yes, he's a prog. He was a, had an R after his name, just like the R, just like the progs that have R's after their name now. He kept a wary eye on England and her ability to maintain a balance of power, but knew that the United States had to step in if Britain faltered. Roosevelt appreciated the value of ships and the power they could project, which is the only thing that's constitutional, the Navy. During his first administration, he pressed Congress for new expenditures, resulting in a near doubling of the Navy by the end of his second term. Pause. You just said something that has to be corrected. I'm reading from the book. No, no, no. What you said just before you went back to reading. The Navy's the only thing constitutional. 
Right, not quite. The only thing constitutional during peacetime. During peacetime, there could be no standing army. But there can be a standing navy. And then no air force either. Uh, but there's not supposed to, there wasn't an air force back then to begin with. So don't get me going on that. But, uh, yeah, all we need during peacetime is navy. And if we built up the navy instead of tearing it down like Barack Obama is doing, uh, there is no place we couldn't project power. And there'd be nobody that could get from where they are at point A to where we are at point B without getting blown up. Shall I continue? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay, uh, so he built up the Navy. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Both the strength and weakness of America, and the Navy in particular, lay in the fact that two massive oceans protected the United States. Any blue water fleet had to be capable of conducting operations in both the Atlantic and Pacific nearly simultaneously. That was before a shortcut route connecting the two oceans was conceived. For several decades, transit across Panama, a territory of Colombia, that's where Panama is. Territory of Colombia. I, I hear good coffee and cocaine comes from there. And <laughs> cocoa. Sometimes together in the same package. And cocoa. Right. Oh, okay. the cocoa too? Cocoa mm. also. I, I'm a very big fan of the cocoa, cocoa plant. Meaning chocolate. Okay. For several decades, transit across Panama, a territory of Colombia, had required a stop on one side, unloading and transporting people and goods by rail to the other side, then reloading them to continue the journey. Warships had to say, sail all the way around South America to get from the Atlantic to the Pacific and vice versa. The concept of a canal was obvious, and despite the presence of powerful American interests, a French company had acquired rights to build a canal across the Isthmus of Panama in 1879, as the black helicopters come, Brian. Dun. Dun -dun. I'll tell you, folks. Um, There's all kinds of noises today <laughs> on my radio show. But, you know, truthfully, we've had some really low-flying helicopters really loud come over us. Like, Brian and I get up and go and look outside to see what the heck is going on. <laughs> it's a matter of time before it happens, before they, I see them fast-roping down into my meadow. After 10 years and 400 million, the French gave up, leaving the canal only partially finished. Did the French ever finish anything? Throw off the Statue of Liberty. I know, we were pretty amazed. We were watching, uh, we're, we're catching up on movies that we haven't seen in the past couple of years that have been in the, the big theaters. And we were watching Captain America last night, and the first scene is one of our, one of our warships, or shields, whatever, warships gets, uh, attacked and taken prisoner by the French, and we kept shaking our heads. <laughs> no, they were, it wasn't the French army, it was French criminals. Were, I know, pirates. but still, it was French pirates, and we were going, what? French? Anybody could be a pirate, <laughs> the even French? the French. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> What's the French doing here? <laughs> so, yes, the French gave up. You ever heard of the French Foreign Legion? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I think they still have them. Desperately in dent, the French attempted to sell the assets, including the concession to the United States, for $109 million. But the United States balked at the steep price. An alternate route through Nicaragua 
offered the less difficult construction chore of merely linking several large lakes together, taking advantage of nature's own canal. But Nicaragua had its own problems, including earthquakes, so the French, eager for any return on the investment, lowered the price to $40 million. That's a pretty big lowering of price there. Now, I guess they don't know how to negotiate either. Okay, now these purchases like this, is this constitutional? Per for purchasing the Panama? I couldn't know. No, right? Just like the Louisiana Purchase it's, wasn't. It's a simple... Is there anything in the Constitution, Constitution about canals or... Or large tracts of land, like the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> yeah, even, even the Clean Air Water Act is unconstitutional. There was nothing amended in the Constitution to give them power over air and water. Now, they want the... Oh, yeah, you didn't hear about the waters of the United States, right? Yeah, they want to change the language so that every... Everything, every bit of water in the country is controlled and is the jurisdiction of the national government, including a mud puddle. I wonder why they need this kind of control, ladies and gentlemen. So again, still going, chucking them right along, doing unconstitutional things. <laughs> There's nothing in there about this stuff, so you don't do it. Or you bet the Constitution to do it. Congress liked that. But but Jefferson did the Louisiana yes, Purchase. Yes, he did. And That's that why I brought it up. As well. And he knew it was unconstitutional. Man, I'm wondering what kind of purgatory he, went, <laughs> he ended up in for that one. Uh, the purgatory was trying to figure out what the heck to do and what decision to make in that specific situation. Because it, time was of the essence. They, they, they didn't have time to amend the Constitution. That's what his preferred route would have been. But it wasn't open, and we didn't want to lose the land. You, ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to not have the Louisiana Purchase. Some of us in the Louisiana Purchase wishes we weren't in this, whatever you call that thing up there, that's supposed to be our government. Yeah, parts of Montana was in the Louisiana Purchase. Yeah, all the way down. Louisiana, I think, was in Louisiana Purchase, wasn't it? Yep. So, portion of the South. Midwest, then Midwest and, and Northwest, and, and part Northwest. It was huge. The territory was ginormous. Yeah, I know. I remember a million. The first time I looked here. at it, because when I did it on the Women of the Revolution show, we were highlighting Thomas Jefferson and his wife, and I had to look up. I didn't remember as a kid seeing it. We probably weren't taught properly anyway. But when I looked on it, oh. I looked it on the internet. I went, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's a lot of land. <laughs> no, they had the, they taught us the Louisiana Purchase. I just didn't remember. I um, yeah, if you ever look up a map of the United States with the Louisiana Purchase, and uh, you'll go, oh, my goodness, it's like almost half the country. Yep. Okay, so Congress liked that price, as did Roosevelt, who dispatched the new Secretary of State, John Hay, to negotiate the final agreement with Tomas Haran. Columbia's representative, wherein the United States received a 99-year lease on the canal zone for $10 million down and $250,000 per year. And that's not even building it yet. We're spending this money. Right. You know, it again, it's a worthy purchase, but they seem to have had plenty of time. They could have gotten permission from the states through an amendment to be able to purchase and they'd have to figure out how very narrowly word this. <laughs> because, you know, give them too many words and they go crazy. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, let's see. The ensuing events brought out Roosevelt's darker side, part of which he had revealed years earlier in his Winning of the West. The most righteous of all wars, he wrote, is a war with savages, though it is apt to be also the most terrible and in inhuman. The rude, fierce settler who drives the savage from the land lays all civilized mankind under debt to him. Great guy. When Columbia heard of the New Hay Agreement, the government rejected it, offering several possible replacements. One had Columbia receiving $20 million from the United States and $10 million from the French company. Roosevelt had no intention of renegotiating a deal he thought was his. Arrogant, too. It sounds familiar. By October 1903, his rhetoric had left no doubt where he stood on the Panama issue, calling the Colombian representatives homicidal corruptionists and greedy little anthropods. Nice. Wow. The, now, why doesn't Obama say he's like him instead of saying he's like Lincoln? Because he's like him. <laughs> but he wants to be like Lincoln. It's an image. He wants you to... He want, Just because he's they from want Illinois? You, he wants you to see Lincoln. Lincoln didn't have his law license taken away from him. Barry. Yeah, Lincoln hasn't done as many high crimes and misdemeanors as this man done, has done. He needs Nobody's to, done as many high he crimes. He needs to as, be in jail. It, it could happen if we get him out of the White House first. The president saw Colombians as blackmailers although he had not been pressed to somehow intervene in Panama. So as to secure the Panama route, neither did his sil he silence his friends, including the Outlook, which editorialized about the desirability of an internal revolution in Panama that might result in secession from Colombia. Although Roosevelt planned in his annual message to Congress to recommend that the United States take the Isthmus of Panama, he never sent it, nor was it needed. A November revolution in Panama, headed by a New Yorker named Philippe Bonvarilla, overthrew the Colombian government there and declared an independent state of Panama. As soon as Varilla and his associates ousted the Colombian authorities in Panama, the USS Nashville arrived to intimidate reinforcements from Colombia, since the United States had recognized Varilla's group as Panama's official government. Cute. See, I told... I I didn't think so. Panama is its own, its own country. Right, but it's by Colombia because it was a colony or whatever Colombia, uh, territory. Right. So you know we've been doing this stuff for a long time. We need to stop messing with things. Well, we needed to get this canal thing going. We remember we're got to fight a war. Yeah, but it wasn't then yet. <laughs> this is in 1914. In 1914, what was going on then? 1914, wasn't it? World it was World War One, but right. um, actually, I just looked that up because I'm writing an article about flight line nurses, and I had to look up when World War One started because we didn't. Well, have it's that easy. Then. Tommy the commie is the one that got us in it. So, Tommy the commie was elected in 1913. So, after that. Well, this is 1914. This is Roosevelt. that's after 1913. No, if, Roose if we're talking Roosevelt, you're nowhere near early 1900s. Roosevelt, World War II. You look at it, 1932, baby? No, Brian, it's Roosevelt. Which Roosevelt? Ha ha ha! Fooled you again, I bet. 
if this is if this is back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it's Teddy. Yeah. Not FDR. Which I didn't is, say FDR. I just said Roosevelt. Yeah, but that's where you were. No, I wasn't. You were thinking it was which war? It was. It was World War One. Then it wasn't FDR. It wasn't around. At World War One, it would have been before World War One because if you're talking Teddy Roosevelt. I'd have to look it up on the internet now. Well, I have it on my notes, but I don't have the notes, and I'm afraid to use the internet. <laughs> I understand. It doesn't matter. Well, hey. So they can we'll look it up. They're what? on the internet. I was going to say, give them a little uh, assignment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> give them homework. Well, I can, t well, I can tell you that it's going to be under Teddy Roosevelt's uh, progressive administration. See, he's the one. See, he's the one that said the hell with the Constitution. He's the one that uh, came up with the Antiquities Act, which is the one they used to steal lands out here in the West for the national government. And they keep using it. They keep stealing more and more. Every president. It's just a special treat for us out here. So I think you know, for the primaries, maybe we should ask the Republican candidates. Uh, who will stop stealing land in the West? Raise your hand. Who will return the stolen land to the states from the West? Raise your hand. What is it? 50% of the United States of America is federally owned? Federal land, be it, be it BLM or Fed well, you know, Forest and Service I'm or really, parks. I'm sick of hearing these people say, and yeah, these people, like the people running for office, we need to preserve these lands for our future generations, our children, our grandchildren. Well, what about that's us? That's not up to you. What about the now generation? <laughs> we get to use them too. And that's not up to and you. And by the way, if you stop preserving and start conserving, everyone will be a lot better off, including the forest, which you are not, so stop calling yourself the forest. The forest is called, it wants its name back. <laughs> going into, now going into early, early comedian skits. Uh, that's classic. That's old Catskill stuff. Oh boy. So, are you done? No. Oh, there's more. There's more. Okay. So, uh... Not as easy as it seems, is it? No, Okay. Barilla, an agent of the French Canal Company, had lobbied Congress for the Panama route after the French enterprise ran out of money. He helped insert a clause in the new treaty that gave the United States the 10-mile-wide canal zone for $40 million, Protection against any recovery of money owned to Colombia. Some suggested that part of the deal was an under-the-table cash payoff of the French as well. Probably. Treaties. The Senate had to approve this. Right. But it's unconstitutional. So they shouldn't even have bothered. Well, that would be the time not to approve it. If it's unconstitutional, if, if it's going to in any way damage our Constitution, then you should be voting no. But we don't have the constitutional republic we're supposed to have it in the tommy to commie days just right after what she's talking about right now that's when it all started coming off the rails and it hasn't gone back yet so it just keeps getting worse yeah they just gave up their power like no problem right i don't care if i have power i don't care well why did the states ratify i don't i'd like i really one day when i i can't do this radio show and have time with i'm not 
healthy, ladies and gentlemen, sorry. Uh, take a lot of research, but I'd like to look that up one day. About? Um, the whole, the whole thing around the Panama Canal here, and uh, not, nothing else, but I want to know who and how many people were involved in this, and who, what, where, why, and how, but mostly, I want to know during the ratification of the 16th and 17th Amendments, how do we know it was ratified properly? I want to find out if that can be proven or not, or disproven, one way or the other. Because if it wasn't done properly, then it doesn't exist anyway, and we don't have to listen to it. And the Senate goes right back to the to the states. Not you won't be voting on them anymore. You vote for your state, and they vote for them. So it's the way that works. That state has to have control of those senators because of treaties. It takes there's a reason it takes two thirds of Congress to pass a treaty, because that's two-thirds of the states agreeing to it. See? That's a supermajority of the states agreeing to it. That's that's why they have to stay linked, and they were delinked. And then, at the same time, we got the income tax. Uh, the one thing to know about the 16th Amendment, and I don't care about anybody's legal briefs or or any judge's decision, it doesn't really matter. It's all unconstitutional anyway. You know, it just, it, you better, it, you just go walk around all day going unconstitutional and you'll be 99% right every time. Which is, and if it has anything to do with the federal government interacting with we the people, almost certainly unconstitutional. Now, this last line before we go to our first uh, short break is, <laughs> this is, this could be Obama. Listen to what Roosevelt said. Roosevelt denied any wrongdoing, but ultimately, ultimately, ultimately admitted, I took the canal zone. Yet his logic was commendable. I left it to Congress not to debate the canal, but to debate me. They should. He's referring to impeachment. Exactly. And they could do that if they wanted to. And what is he doing? What are you going to do about it? That's the same thing that the well, Caesar's no, it, doing. It let him, why did they impeach him? I'm just saying, why didn't they impeach but him? But Caesar said almost the same thing. What are you going to do about it? Well, in Caesar's case, everybody knows the leaders in the Republican Party are not going to impeach him. Heck, they, they took all... Oh, they ran on re removing Obamacare, but all of a sudden they get reelected and they go... It's impossible now to to remove Obamacare. It'd be too damaging. So, therefore, we must fully fund it, I guess, because they did. Hey, you elected him. <laughs> All right, we got to go to breaks. Young Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned, because we'll be right back. <laughs> Terry O'Brien Show. The Terry O'Brien Show airs live in Vivid Red Light News, Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. Central, on Blog Talk Radio. I think that most liberals are well-intentioned but misguided. They're like children who have the luxury of believing in the political equivalent of the tooth fairy. They need some tough love. They need a big old healthy dose of common sense and information. And when they get it, the smart ones will become conservative. Strap in for the wild ride with America's original conservative warrior princess. 
If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. I guarantee you, Barack Obama ain't taking my shotguns, so don't buy that malarkey. Don't buy that malarkey. They're gonna, they're gonna start peddling that to you. I got two. If he tries to fool with my Beretta, he's got a problem. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Oh, all right. The ups and downs for the week. I'm not done. You're not done? No. Well, then get done, woman. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to tell you that Theodore Roosevelt became president in 1901. Okay. 
and between him and uh, the the evil demon Tommy the Comedy Woodrow Wilson, we had some the best presidents we've ever had, Harding and Coolidge. Yep. Okay, so he wanted the Congress to debate him. Construction across the 50 miles of the Isthmus is one of the miracles of human engineering. It, com it completed the work begun in 1878, sorry, by Ferdinand de Lelips. I don't know how to say his name. The French engineer who had constructed the Suez Canal. Once the canal treaty was finalized, Roosevelt authorized U.S. Army engineers to start digging. John F. Wallace supervised most of the work. He spent two years assembling supplies and creating the massive infrastructure the project needed, which we just gave away. He oversaw the construction. Not just. I know, but it just feels like it. <laughs> he oversaw the construction of entire towns with plank walkways, hospitals, mess halls, and general stores, all dug out of the Panamanian mud and cost us billions. <laughs> no, it didn't. When it came down to the canal, though, he could not drum up any enthusiasm. To me, he told Roosevelt, the canal is only a big ditch. By 1907... That's what they used to call it, the big ditch. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> By 1907, he realized that a sea-level canal would be too difficult and instead proposed a series of locks to raise vessels from the Atlantic about 30 yards above sea level to Guantan Lake, then to the famous eight-mile-long Calabra Cut, one of the most daunting engineering and famous and feats famous feats in modern history. Roosevelt then brought in Colonel George Gothels, who by then also had the benefit of Colonel William Gorga's medical research on malaria to direct the project. Goenthal's infused the effort with new energy, even as he confronted the Calabra Cut, using more than two thousand five hundred men to dynamite mountain walls excavating more than 200 million yards of dirt and rock which was hauled away by 4,000 wagons now I also want to stop right there because when we built the, the railroads out west here um, we're, we watch uh, Hell on Wheels and they're showing pretty accurately how they did it that was a private company that wasn't the government no they were private companies I mean I think they got subsidies or something like that oh they got money from the government but unconstitutionally, it was, there's nothing in the constitution know, about infrastructure. Anyway, and but they did all the they did exactly what the, these people are doing. They were dynamiting through mountain walls yeah. to get the railroad going. These interstates had to blast through mountain walls to build the interstates. I know. Again, the private sector could have done this. Private sector did do it, but they did it with. Our money instead of their money. It is a. It is not an. It was never a federal corporation. It was owned, operated, and then you know whoever was the CEO, etc. Um, yeah, it, it was all private. It was uh, the you know whatever the whatever railroad. There were two major lines, and there were four. There were numerous competing all over the country for different areas and lines and stuff like that. Um, they even did it here in Montana for the little teeny. What do they call that? The half track or skinnier narrow track railroads uh there was a race to get from helena to butte i think it was and uh they had two competing companies that had two d different routes it's so uh, it's kind of interesting that's how they used to do it and then the first one to arrive like when the first one arrives at the pacific 
the big railroads here, that's the one who that's the one who wins the prize. That just it was it's all ridiculous. It's taking your money and from you and giving it to somebody else who's going to use it to create an empire and not give you any of your money back that you gave it so it could do that. That's what we keep doing. It's all unconstitutional, and that's why it's all screwing up on us because it's like the Bible. You get too far from the Constitution, you're you're getting into rocky waters. All right. <clears throat> Is there more? Just a little bit. Okay. I keep closing the book and opening the book. You'll learn not to do that. You don't do that when you're reading on air. Because you lose your place, too. See, big ditch. We did that. Okay. Uh, despite the use of 19 million pounds of explosives, only eight men perished in accidents. Oh, my goodness. We didn't have the EPA back then. We didn't have OSHA. all these agencies and OSHA and the, all those explosives, and only eight men died. My Lord. People die working construction. That's yeah, a fact. That's why they. <laughs> that's why they pay so much for meatheads with shovels. You know. Why do we need these agencies again? We don't. What agencies? All these agencies. All, all the uh, executive bureaucracies. Yep. Yeah. They all, actually did this illegal, without them. So. They did this huge construction without them, and we survived. Well, we don't know how much money was given to the company that's doing this. In 1913, the final part of the Calibra cut was completed, and on the other side laid the locks to Pedro Miguel, which lower ships to the Pacific's level. When the canal finally opened on August 15, 1914, Roosevelt was out of politics, but he could claim substantial responsibility for the greatest engineering feat in history. Yeah, and uh, Teddy Roosevelt was long out of office. 1913. Who's 1913? I will look that up in my little book. Tommy the Copyboy George Wilson. <laughs> and right after, and somewhere after him comes Hardy and Coolidge. I don't remember what the dates were exactly. Okay, so Theodore Roosevelt was 1901. William H. Taft was 1909. Woodrow Wilson was 1913. And Warren G. Harding was 1921, and Calvin Coolidge was 1923. Well, actually, um, he only became president because Harding died. So did they take that time into account? He finished Harding's term. Yeah. He was in 21, and he started in 23. That's only a couple years. Right. Anyway, they lowered taxes on the rich, got rid of tariffs and stuff, and just got the government the heck out of everybody's life. And the more they got out of everybody's life, the more robust the economy was, the more money came into the treasuries, and the more they lowered the, the money they charged for the rich, the tax amount percentage. And they went down to, I think it was 22%. Don't quote me, it was some 22, 25%, something like that. Uh, every time he lowered it, his name was Andrew Mellon, the treasurer. Every time he lowered it, they'd get more money from the rich people, specifically. Each time. He, he, it was something he was documenting. And why, why we have not learned from that, it's from 
the twenties, for goodness sakes. What happened? You're proved that if you tax the rich heavy, you get less money from them. If you tax the light, you get more money from them. What's the problem? It's problem is ideology, punishing the rich. That's all that matters to them. Puni they're, they're doofusi because they're punishing everyone else. They take their money and hide it overseas, put it in tax shelters. That's why you get less money from them the more they think they're being taken advantage of or being targeted and singled out. That's how it's happened all through history. It's how it always will happen. You know why? Because human, humans are humans. They're humans today. They're humans tomorrow. And we're talking about human behavior. Sorry, uh, these are just historical facts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry you were never taught them. I know I was never taught them. I had to teach myself, but everybody should be able to teach themselves. You have the internet. Just got to spend the time. All right, <clears throat> so ups and downs for the week. Down from the ass associated press. Representative Peter Welcher's sister, Maureen, had better intelligence than the five-term Vermont congressman about Pope Francis's coming, upcoming trip to the United States and his historic address to Congress. Anybody think this is wonderful? Anybody? It's horrible. He's a global socialist. He's part of the New World Order. Evil has... Of course, infiltrated our churches. Not just the Catholic Church, all the churches. Sorry. I, I don't think, I bet you there's not a church out there that hasn't been infiltrated. Not one. There's no way I can prove it. But pay attention. Do, do they ever talk about, uh, you can't vote for someone who's going to vote for abortion, for instance. No, it's politics. You can't talk about that. Well, then they're infiltrated and controlled. It's over. Find a new person to be in charge or find a new place to go to church. But it's going to be kind of hard to get away from social justice as being preached almost everywhere. Certainly the Catholic Church. There's a reason I'm no longer a Catholic monk. Catholic period, but uh, right. <clears throat> I just don't, man. Pope Francis is coming to America to speak. It's like the all the evils just attracted to the United States of America right now. There's a pretty, there's a lot of things coming together around the same time that makes this kind of weird. Like uh, the blood moods coming up at the same time. For instance, and people read all kinds of things in, into that. But there are a couple, there are like a few things that make you go, huh? And it's like, uh, there's an awful lot going on right now. I don't know if this is wag the dog or if it's genuine. Anyway, she called before the announcement and said, who's she? Uh, Maureen. She called before the announcement and said, the Pope is coming. Can I have your ticket? Recalled the Democrat lawmaker. He eagerly said yes to Maureen. Sister Maureen, an Ursuline nun, who was being a member of, been a member of the order for 50 years. While Welch's decision was somewhat easy, other lawmakers are struggling with extraordinary demand 
from spouses, family, friends, constituents for the one ticket they get for guests to sit in the upper galleries of the House chamber when the pontiff addresses Congress on September the 24th. A chance to see and hear the 78-year-old Argentinian famed for making the comfortable uncomfortable is the hottest ticket in Washington. Okay, what happened with separation of church and state, Brian? I, it seems to be confused, but there is no such thing. I know She's there being is. sarcastic. I know that I am, but this or is... Or snarky. <laughs> Who brought that one up? I hate that word, snarky. Snarky. <laughs> they're schizophrenic up there. They really are. Well, no, they're not. It's the elites live one way and us peons live the other way. That's the way it works. And this is like a, it's like a prog fest. They have different rules, you see. The rules don't apply to them. The Constitution, Pasha. This is a commie prog fest. Yes, it, really it is. is. And I just thought, where do they get off selling tickets to seats that are supposed to be filled by members of Congress? I, I, I don't understand. Did I miss something? Is it, <laughs> are they holding it in an auditorium somewhere that I don't know about? I'm, I, I'm just wondering where they're all going to be sitting. Where are they selling these seats? They're supposed to be addressing Congress, the House of Representatives. There's just enough seats in there for the House of Representatives. Uh, there is a gallery. Yes, there is a gallery, but that's pretty small. No wonder these things are going. How could you? You can't sell. It's idiotic. If you let the public in, you got to let all the public in, but you can't do that. So what do you do? Have a lottery or something. You can't just have all the elites like it's the opera, for goodness sakes. Although the only people interested in hearing this are those elites. And those tied to him, <coughs> McDonald, Weeper. Uh, blah 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 blah. We have more requests for this appearance than anything anybody can ever recall around here. Senate Majority Leader Old McDonald from Kentucky said weeks ahead of the event. The first time a pontiff will be addressing Congress rivals a presidential inauguration and a State of the Union wrapped into one. My Lord, they're all excited about this. They want to make sure you're all watching because this guy's going to teach you why you want to be a socialist. That global man-made climate change is real and it's a sin not to do something about it. Oh, yes, he's, I don't know if he drank the Kool-Aid or he spiked the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? The president's cabinet, the diplomatic corps, and members of the Supreme Court, six of whom are Catholic, are expected to join senators and House members in the seats on the floor of the chamber. The House recently took the unusual step of voting to limit the people who can sit in those prime seats, essentially barring former members. That leaves the current 434 House members and 100 Senators figuring out who to please with a gallery ticket and who they might upset, whether a freshman on the job less than a year or a committee chairman with decades in office. Lawmakers face the same rules as State of, of the Union speech. One guest ticket per lawmaker. That's a lot of t guest tickets, though. There's five, well, there's 435 in the Senate. Uh, oh, 435 tickets. I didn't know the gallery was that big. This is just unbelievably 
Yes, I'm sorry. I did not study the construction of the House of Representatives. We might as well be England at this point. The way that they're they're treating each other up there. There's like lords and ladies going to see the king. We're very, very much like England, as a matter of fact. But isn't that what the Prague's always wanted? Since the beginning, they were trying to act like them. Rich people, it's bales of money, but golden domes on capitals and crud like that and beautiful tiles in the capital buildings and uh the government buildings also can show they're just as cool as those people in europe we have nice things too uh they built that when it didn't cost them any real money to do so they built that out of materials on hand you're paying for top quality marble tiling uh imported yeah, I all even all the places I've ever been, even here in Montana, they all went down that road of, you know, just ostentatiousness. Which, in our beginning, we did not respect ostentatiousness at all. Practicality. That's what got America built, not ostentatious nonsense. That leaves the current four and thirty five members of the mouse and a hundred oh the senators get the tickets too i know it's that's 535 now <laughs> I, brian reads a cold show so he never knows what's going to be in front of him <laughs> this is again brian what you always say circus and bread yes it is circus and bread but this is part of brainwash your dead i've been thinking long and hard about that said Senator Dick Durbin, Turbin Durbin, he's still around. Senator Dick Turbin Durbin, Democrat Illinois, shame on you, Illinois, the home of progressivism, by the way. You didn't know that? Sure, it's historical. Look it up. Turns out I know a couple of Catholics, he said, laughing, and this is a hard call. Senator Susan Collins, Republican Maine. You know, this is how we, we worry that these decisions are so hard on them. Oh, my goodness. You're supposed to make decisions for a living. Those are the really hard decisions you're supposed to make. Not this. This is an easy decision. The ones, you know, that are screwing around with our lives, those are the ones you're supposed to be paying attention to. All right, we'll talk about more on the break. It's Young Cooperative Radio Show. We Stay tuned, because we'll be right back. Stuart Shepard, this is Stoplight. If you change a light bulb, you get a new light. If you change a tire, you get a new tire. If you change a baby, you keep the baby, you get a new diaper. Right? That's right. 
But now you can apparently run for president without knowing how to make change. You understand that in this election, the greatest risk we can take is to try the same old politics with the same old players and expect a different result. The change we need doesn't come from Washington. Change comes to Washington. Leon Panetta, Obama's pick for CIA, was chief of staff under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's chief of staff, was a senior advisor under Bill Clinton. With the same old players. Robert Reich, one of Obama's economy gurus, was Secretary of Labor under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Eric Holder, Obama's pick for Attorney General, was Deputy Attorney General under Bill Clinton. Carol Browner, Obama's global warming guru, ran the EPA under Bill Clinton. Susan Rice, Obama's pick for the UN, was an Assistant Secretary of State under Bill Clinton. The same old politics with the same old players. Ironically, one person who did not have any truly official position in the Clinton administration is Obama's pick for Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. I can't wait to see what hope means. You, you keep the baby and you get a new diaper. I sound like Mr. Radio Guy. Does that sound bad to you? Yeah. Dr. King was a real man. You know he was a Republican. Dr. King, a Republican? Democrats passed those black codes and Jim Crow laws. Democrats started the Ku Klux Klan. White hoods and sheets? Democrats fought all civil rights legislation from the 1860s to the 1960s. Democrats released those vicious dogs and fire hoses on blast. Seriously? And the Dixiecrats remained Democrats and vowed to vote for a yellow dog before a Republican. Republicans freed us from slavery and put our right to vote in the Constitution. What? Republicans started the NAACP, Affirmative Action, and the HBCU. Sounds like Democrats have bamboozled blacks. Democrats blocked the minimum wage passed by Republicans, and over $200 billion have been spent on education, health care, and job training since President Bush took office. So Democrats want to keep us poor while voting only Democrat. Democrats want us to accept same-sex marriages, teen abortions without a parent's consent, and suing the Boy Scouts for saying God in their pledge. See, we need to think and vote on our own values. Exactly. Democrats have talked the talk, but the Republicans have walked the walk. Girl, it's time for us to do, do the, the walk. walk. <laughs> New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation... Working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I, I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had another plan except the Shut! damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the shops, can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your hat! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. 
damn right. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. And we're well back to these elected cockroaches with their difficult choice of who who to give a free ticket to. Maybe that's the problem. That's why they're confused. It's free. They're not used to free unless it's with our money. Senator Susan Collins, Rhino, Maine, is giving her ticket to her mother, Pat. Who headed Catholic Charities of Maine? Do, do you see how the Catholic Church is all turned into the all full of progs? Well, that's what I said during the break. How, I thought they hated the Catholic Church. Who's they? As these progs and didn't even like the the Pope. Father Coughlin was a Catholic priest, and it was in the 1930s. Well, you know, preaching social justice on the air to millions of people across the globe, not even just here. And he used to just do, you know, he used to do masses. And then he started, well, then he started writing a newspaper called Social Justice. And then he decided to do a radio show, blah, blah, blah. Or the radio show came first, I think. And yeah, and then the paper. Well, you know, and or, so they, But there you go, the Catholic Church. If they weren't full of progs all the way up to the Pope, why didn't someone tell, turn him down? Why didn't they shut him off? You know, and more and more people are saying that evil is here. Evil's been here, but now it's, 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 it's growing. It's getting more and more. It's getting bolder and bolder. It's coming out of the shadows more and more. That's what I'm saying. There's so many things going on right now that really do make you feel kind of like something big is going to happen. Well, they're definitely destroying us from within, and everybody says that and everybody knows that. But the big thing to me, Brian, is sending all these pieces of brown crap here. They're going to kill us. Oh, no. They're not going to kill me. Um, they won't be putting any any of that stuff by me. Uh, I have guns. Everybody everybody around here has guns. Well, almost everybody. You know, there's a, even in Butte, Montana, there's progs. So anyway, this Collins witch from Maine, she's one of the, from the Maine coven of witches, Senator Dan Coach, Republican, Rhino, Indiana, said his choice starts with family, but he hasn't decided yet. And that was so much different than Susan Collins. Repres Republican Representative Leonard Lance, Rhino, New Jersey, faces a nearly Solomonic choice straight out of the Old Testament. Do you realize they're making a reference to King Solomon? A Salamnic choice over who to give a free ticket to, to hear a commie pro speech, uh, speak stuff that makes you want to rip your hair out. Well, it doesn't sound fun to me, but, you know, by all means, you fight over it, die over it. Heck, I just get everyone in one room and throw the ticket up in the air. Whoever gets it, it says. They'll tear each other apart. That's <laughs> yeah, we'll give them circus and bread, right? Yeah. 
I'll use them. Glad- for, I use them for circus. That's what I'll do. Gladiator stuff. That's what we'll give him by doing that move. I don't know that riding out of town on a rail, tarred and feathered, sure, sure has a warm spot in my heart. I don't. You have no idea how violent that is, and nobody, nobody usually lives through it. Just, Very few people. Have. I just want them run out. I don't want them to come back, and I want to send a message to everybody else out there. There won't be any more of you up here either. Because this is what can happen to you. I want a perp walk. A massive perp walk. What are you talking about? You covered someone with hot tar. I am not going to torture somebody. They burn alive. Okay, that's disgusting. It is, but you know what? They don't come back. No. Sorry, Brian. I'm not going there. You want to lynch them? No. I just want them gone. Well, and heck, in jail. why can't we have, hold court, convict them, and then lynch them? No. Give them due process. Jury of their peers. Us. You're calling for killing people. No. No, no I'm calling for justice. Not for killing people. There's a difference. I don't really care if they die. But if their crimes were such that they should die, then... I think they should be put to death. Yeah, but this Because is- how many people, through their legislations, have they put to death that were innocent? Well, you didn't even like the death penalty anymore. Because we can't be sure that the people that are getting put to death deserve to be put to death. We know everything we need to know about the elected cockroaches. Uh, and then they'll, but unfortunately, there'll be more. They'll, they'll be trying to make deals like crazy, boy. <laughs> telling you. There'll be all kinds of tripping all over again. No, we're going to go. Uh-uh. He did this. He did that. I want immunity. They can be, those those elected cockroaches up there, they're used to the game. They know right away throw people under the bus. Uh, it's, good. it's Again, it's like throwing the ticket up in the air. It's the same thing. It's fun to watch. <laughs> she told my wife does not approve. Uh, sorry. I mean, uh, our founding fathers put people on her airs, ran them out of town, tarred and feathered. I didn't see anybody complaining about our founding fathers doing it. Some crimes are just that bad. But the one in that movie, I didn't think that kind of raised itself to the level of putting him on a rail, pouring heart tar and feathers on him and running him out of town. The only reason they run him out of town is because they don't want everybody to know he's going to die <laughs> and see him suffer, I guess. Uh, you're hot tar, man. You're third-degree burns all over your body. If you live... You wish you hadn't. So anyway, now that you know how violent that is, maybe it doesn't seem so appealing to you. So anyway, back to this with the Solomonic choices. This idiot would literally saw the baby in half. (laughs) Either my wife Heidi or my twin brother James, but... I'm a very popular fellow these days because of that one ticket that I get. Golden ticket. <laughs> several spouses have already claimed the seats. Wait Who's a minute, several? How many spouses do you have? <laughs> several spouses. Who's got the golden ticket? Could you stop? <laughs> that wasn't even the melody. <laughs> my wife is getting my ticket, Representative Dan Lipinski. Democrat Illinois said of his wife Judy, this wouldn't be a hard choice for me at all. This poor guy, he's only got two people to choose between? I know. 
Here, you take that ticket, and here, you take my seat, because I ain't going. Why does anyone want to go to this thing? I know not, other than they're all a bunch of progs. <sighs> all right, so even before I knew that the official announcement was made, uh, that the Pope was coming to speak to a joint session of Congress, I received the email from my wife saying, don't give my ticket away. Now, do you remember how they reacted to Netanyahu? Yes, I do. And uh, like I said, when Popeye comes to town, everybody cares. Senator Ben Cardin, Democrat Maryland, said simply, it's not my seat, it's my spouse's seat, a reference to his wife, Myrna. Senator Barbara Boxer, Democrat California, Avoided picking one family member and disappointing several others. So what was her solution? Hmm. I gave it to a nun who I love, Sister Simone. Obviously another prog in Penguin Closing. <laughs> we're, we're watching the Penguin on uh, Gotham and we're talking about the Penguin suits. She's the nun on the bus, Boxer said. She fights for social justice, and she's so happy. Yes, I'm sure she's happy about fighting for social justice. It's not using our brain always makes us feel better about the things we do. I, I mentioned she's she's not quite a bright candle in the box, huh? <laughs> I'm spreading social justice, and I'm so happy. So it, where, why can't people get this through their head? Social justice, there's no such thing, number one, is social justice. No such thing. It, it, it just means redistribution of wealth. Take for the rich, give to the poor. You know, that kind of nonsense. So why do we, why is that a good thing? Why would you want to tr change the United States and America into the USSR? It's USSA in our, in our particular brand of socialism and oh no they were never a communist country either they were socialists it's in the name but they hated socialists because they hated the nazis no they hated na the national socialists who were nazis because they did, did they were german and they're russian that's that's why they hate them uh that's all i could say that's why they call us we're just two different brands of socialism uh, no they were never communists communist china might be, no, communist China never became communist. Communism is when everybody has the same, that nobody has more than the other, blah, blah, blah. It's, so, you know, all, the communist party lives like rich people. So you can tell right there, communism never happened. What is socialism really, what does socialism really intend to do? It is intended to take you to communism. However, you get to totalitarianism along the way, and there's where the whole theory falls apart. Because no government ever wantedly gave power back to the people once it had it. Especially when it has it all. It has everything. It, before you could divvy, someone's got to divvy it out in the communist plan, right? So first they have to take control of all resources so they can then evenly distribute all those resources to each and everyone, and then Step out of the picture and become one of the masses, all co, co doing living communities, communals, man. <laughs> that didn't work in two.
colonies that was sent here in the beginning. Both of them tried to play around with communism, and both of them killed a lot of people. Starved to death, that's why. Well, who wants to work when you not, you know, when the guy that doesn't do anything gets the same amount of food as you do? It's not theory, it's history. It's been done here in the United States of America. Although it wasn't called the United States back then. Anyway, so social justice girl, the social justice penguin, I'm going to call her, is the executive director of Network, a Catholic social justice lobby, and is no stranger to Capitol Hill lobbying on the 2010 law overhauling health care and immigration. In 2012, she organized the Nuns on the Bus tour of nine states to oppose Republican Representative Paul Ryan's budget, which the group criticized as detrimental to the poor. The budget's not supposed to have anything to do with the poor lady, and why don't you tell your Popeye up there to open up the coffers and uh, he could feed the whole world? How's that sound? How about they sell all the fancy robes and pomp and circumstance and gold chalices and on and on and on, works of art, money, gold. No, they don't have money. They have gold, silver, gems. Yeah. Spread a little of that social justice around, sister. <laughs> Unbelievably. Ugh. The hypocrisy of the Catholic Church is truly monumental yes we should all live like peons and I, look up the word peon because it's it's, not what you, it's a french word it was uh, what the french poor people were called peons there there was their racial name <laughs> they called themselves the, the peons anyway so when you're a peon you're a lowly person and these elites they don't like to deal with us lowly persons i'm not sure they're sure we're a person Anyway, you wanted me to play. Maybe they think they're dogs. I don't know. You wanted me to play this parody for this uh, particular down. We'll give it a shot. I will. I'm pushing the button. Hey, hey, hey kids! There's a new cartoon show for you Sunday morning. I'm Popeye the Holy Man. I live in the Vatican. Eat women for dinner, then left all the sinners. I'm Popeye the Holy Man. This week, Popeye baptizes Brutus. Hey, Popeye, takes off that big dumb hat before I knock it off. Oh, yeah. Take this, you big palooka. And next week, Popeye hears olive oil possession. Oh my gosh. Be there for New St. Peter's Square for Popeye the Holy Man. Have a basket. My buddy Popeye. <laughs> now a permanent clip on the show. <laughs> you betcha. Because something tells me we're going to be talking a lot about this Pope. I hope we don't hear any more about the social the social justice penguin over here. Go away. I'm so happy spreading social justice. I'm so happy stealing from people and giving away to others. Oh, my goodness. You know, you, you know the church is in trouble when the church doesn't realize your rights come from God. If anybody should get that, it should be... Your church, right? 
This guy doesn't think you have unalienable rights. This guy doesn't care about the Constitution at all. He despises it as much as Caesar does. And his ilk. Well, Pope is now the ilk, in the same ilk with Baracus Obamanus. So, sorry, Catholics, you know, you're going to have to take it. It's your own, man. He's doing it. He's a socialist. Well, That's you it. notice what he's doing, too, the same exact thing that Barack Obama did. He's firing his bishops, just like Barack is making the generals and colonels. And oh, yeah, the, same exact playbook, baby. Why are they both culling the herd, one wishes to know, unless something's about to happen? Why now? Why suddenly get rid of all these people now? Because big things are happening, ladies and gentlemen. They're they're seeing the end game. They're going for the brass ring. I know they've been going for that brass ring a lot over the last eight years, but they keep missing. No, no, they haven't gotten it yet. All right, an up down. How could you go against a budget? Paul Ryan's budget didn't even balance the budget for 10 years. and But it went into debt over those 10 years because it was still deficit spending up until the day it gets balanced, and that was 10 years out. I'm sorry. I don't know what these uh, holy people think uh, us people out here do to create all this money to give other people. I think uh, everybody's poor enough, and we're starting to turn into my analogy of the glass. We're almost half empty. Well, that would be a nice way to look at it. We're only half full. And that would be a bad way to look at it. Oh, wait, we're supposed to do it that way and not the other way. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what's politically correct anymore. Like I care. All right, up down from PIX11. A New York City pizzeria has apologized after it debuted new menu item with a name many call racist. Pizza by Certe created a picanica. Picanica pie type. Uh, a pie is a pizza. Uh, it's a picanica pie. It's supposed to be a, a joke about how Italian immigrants spoke. Picanica pie. Get it? It's a picnic pie. A picanica pie, but it says pick-a-nica pie. Topped with southern fried chicken, sea salted watermelon, and a sunflower seed crust. Spark <laughs> sparking anger among customers and those on social media reports picks 11. Now, really? I'm not eating that. That's disgusting. Watermelon sunflower seed crust. Are you insane? <laughs> That's not even, this is not even a pizza anymore. This is, you people have just destroyed pizza. A simple, inexpensive food that was nutritious. And now you've turned it into everything under the planet but. And no, the plain pizza was better when I was a kid than anything you can buy right now. Anyway, I went there today and there was a new pizza that they're selling called Picanica, which sounded very horrible when I read it. It was then I read the description. I knew that the name was, in fact, racist. A New Yorker told Pix11. He knew for a fact. 
P-I-C, right? <laughs> let's do, let's break this down. This is how it's done. P-I-C hyphen A hyphen N-I-K-A. There's no G in there. There's nothing even close. And I'm telling you, he's, it is, it is a racist jo joke, play on words, but against the Italians. Because they speak like this. Are you have a nice picnic pie? See? Now don't, don't this New Yorker that should know better, because that's how I know, because I grew up in New York, should know better than to mess around with my pizza. I love pizza. My pizza is my favorite food. Maybe second would be a nice bloody red piece of steak. But pizza's first. And foremost, and number one. All right. So pizza by Certe first advertised the item earlier this month in a promotional tweet that has since been deleted. Pizzeria, see, that you, that you couldn't even say that word right. <laughs> Manager Victor Guzman told Pix11 that they were aware of the issue but had no plans to take the pizza off the menu because it's one of their best sellers. Man, is this San Francisco? It's New York City. I know, but is it San Francisco? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, New York City has just really gone downhill since I left. It's worse than Gotham. It, well, I don't know. We don't we know supervillains, do they? De Blasio. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's sort of like when the Penguin became mayor. Anyway, let's see here. Pizzeria manager for Guzman, that they were aware of the issue, no plans, screw you. It's one of their best sellers. Oh, my goodness. He added that the name is just an Italian pronunciation based on the way the owner's father used to say the word picnic. See, you were right. Some on Twitter stood by the pizzeria and saw nothing wrong with the name, like me. I was right yet again. Big surprise, right? I know. Yeah. No. Sometimes it just gets boring. Okay. Political correctness has hit an all-time low. I, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't actually read it, and they could only hear it, and then they heard it, and they just couldn't understand it because they don't have no reading comprehension. You know what I'm saying? Well, he said he read the menu, and he after, the no. after the description, he said, which they didn't put in the article. Then he knew it was racist. racist. See, yeah. I read all that, and right, I knew it was racist, too, but about Italians. Right, all right. They're not a race. Whatever. <laughs> Prejudicial against uh, stereotypical. How's that? Stereotypical about Italian immigrants. And as you see, it was the son making father, fun of his father. So e even Italians make fun of Italians for that kind of talking. See? It's all in, it's, it's all in good fun. <laughs> it said nothing to do with black people at all. And just because that idiot actually made the, was the racist in the story. He knew it was racist after he read the ingredients. The ingredients are watermelon, southern fried chicken. And I don't know about the sunflower seed crust. Uh, but, you know, fried chicken and watermelon, that's all black people eat, right? Isn't that the stereotype? Sure is. Who brought it up? The guy who was saying that the picnic was, was racist against black people. Well, that's why it's an up. It was a double down. Well, up because they were not going to pull it. Good for them. Again, like you said, screw you. And there's a double down because I knew you'd read the ingredients and have a cow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that's their 
best-selling pizza. I can't imagine liking that. I'm not. I'm not a grass eater. I'm not a vegetarian. I don't like vegetables. I like lots of fruit, but I can't afford fruit, so forget about that. Thank God for vitamins. My diet's horrible. <laughs> it really is. All right. Uh, well. It, you know, here we go again. More people harassing business owners about something. Get, that's just ridiculous. And I'm sorry, judges can't tell me to. I have to serve people I don't want to serve. The government has no power to compel me to do something I do not wish to do unless they are going to arrest me. I am an individual. I have rights. I'm a citizen. With citizenship come rights and privileges. That's why we don't give it away to those who sneak and steal across our border and take advantage of our country. But pizza, oh, I hate people that do that to my pizza. I know, you see a racist under every corner. A bigot everywhere. Oh, my goodness. We're all bigots. Black, brown, white, red. All of us. In, in some form or another. That's just natural. But we are all part of the human race, so... I, we should be able to get along a lot better. It's just skin color. I mean, there are other differences, obviously. I understand. There are natural uh, differences between... The races, that's what they call them, the races. Negroid, Caucasoid, and Mongoloid are the three. And there's a fourth one now, but those were the three when I studied it. And that's, uh, that's scientific terms for, uh, black, black people, Asian people, and white people. We have certain traits, genes, abilities that are different and inherent to our particular race, if you will. All right. I don't know of anybody else, though. I'm the only Mick that can't get enough pizza. All right, a down from Fox News. I love Italian food. Not much, not much for Irish food. You know, you might forget Irish people were poor. Potato this, potato that. Yeah. All right, from Fox News. Four high school students have been arrested in the carjacking and kidnapping of a Texas Border Patrol agent who was vacationing with his family in Florida, authorities said. The agent was confronted at gunpoint in an Orlando hotel parking lot Wednesday night as he was, pick was packing up his car. He was forced into the back seat, pistol whipped, tied up, and robbed of his wallet. His was then held captive for two hours. His harrowing ordeal ended when the car... I just read it the way it's actually written that way. His harrowing ordeal ended when the carjackers ditched the car at a vacant drug house and fled, the Orange County Sheriff's Office said. Deputy said Gregory McDonald, 19, Dante Askins, 18, and two other teens, 15 and 16, were taken into custody Friday, Mary Fox Orlando reported. The concerned wife of the abducted agent contacted police through the OnStar Vehicle Security Service, the station said. 
The on-star representative placed a call on the vehicle and heard someone screaming for help, Sheriff Jeremy Deming said. The Orlando Sentinel said the carjacking victim was Armando Alanis, who works for the Federal Bureau of Customs and Border Protection, according to court records for the Southern District of Texas. He needed stitches to close scalp wound from being pistol whipped. Askins, who was picked up Thursday in a stolen car, is a reputed member of the street gang Death Over Mercy, according to the Sentinel. In 2013, he was charged as an adult at 16 with attempted murder in connection with a drive-by shooting targeting a, a member of the rival Gorilla Gang. Gorilla Gang? These gangs are getting weirder and weirder out there. That's an interesting name. Uh, which, Magilla Gorilla? The Magilla Gorilla Gang? <laughs> yeah, I know, I'd be shot dead already. The charges were eventually dropped, but long prison sentences were handed down to his two co-defendants in the case. The paper said Askins, the 15-year-old, and the 16-year-old have all had previous run-ins with the law. The 15-year-old turned himself in Friday, accompanied by his parents. Deputies arrested McDonald Friday night. These high school students were playing a dangerous game, and they got caught playing a dangerous game, Deming said, according to the Sentinel. The four faced charges of armed kidnapping, carjacking, and battery with a firearm. More reasons to own a gun. Check. <laughs> okay. Are these white youth or black youth? I do not know. I do not care. Black Utes. But I don't care. Where's the outrage? Well, you commit the crime, you do the time. That's what Beretta says, right? And that's the truth. You know, most criminals will never actually pay for all the crimes they got away with because they, you never, you almost never catch a criminal on his first day, you know. All right, up down from the S. Oceated Press. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is now causing a rift in reggae. Er? A music festival in Spain has canceled the performance of American Jewish rapper Matishiahu due to pressure from the anti-Israel boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement and because the artist wouldn't sign a pledge supporting the Palestinian state, according to Spanish media citing a statement from the event organizers. This is in Spain. Why would you get what, an American Jewish rapper, Matisio? That's a very Japanese name for a rapper. Um, I, I, I don't get what the thing is here. The anti-Israel boycott? Are you kidding me? Spain, uh, what's wrong? You didn't, did you let the muzzies back in after the Inquisitions? <sighs> Palestinian, there was no state. They don't deserve a state. There's not going to be a state. Uh, I'm telling you, there will never be a state of Palestine in that region. It will not happen. Matishia Hu, who is not Israeli, but has visited the country several times, was to perform at the Rototum Sunsplash Festival on August the 22nd. 
His concert slot was filled by Jamaican artist Itana. Have no idea. Boy, am I out of the loop. Yeah, so that means that all these people that were there signed this anti-Israeli thing. And everyone that played there must sign the anti-Israel. It's like, no, it's not. It's, it's like it's not abortion. It's pro-choice. It's not anti-Israel. It's pro-Palestine. See, that's how that works. The event director, Filippo Giunta, asked the singer on Thursday to issue a signing statement or video that expressed in a very clear way that Palestinians are entitled to their own state, according to Spanish newspaper El Pai. Other artists at the event threatened to cancel their own performances if Mitishihahu, I can't even say this name, Matishihahu, something like that. Wow, that's a tough Japanese name, boy. Matishihahu, this man's tough. All right, uh, whatever his name was. I'll just call him Matty. Well, Matty was, uh, he's a rapper, who cares, uh, was allowed to take the stage because he was seen to represent Israel according to the Times of Israel. The local BDS movement accused Matty of being a Zionist who supports the practice of apartheid and ethnic cleansing. Ethnic cleansing? I would like to, Israel, I would like to get cleansing, all right, but it would be muzzy cleansing. Bring back the Inquisitions. Well, before they went crazy. But, what are you doing to me? That well, is holding a sign. Once it's time to go to break. <laughs> We're overdue. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Corporate Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yeah. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried... Seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. 
Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. This is Jeff Carlisi from the Band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Okay, and welcome back to the Cooperative Radio Show. Okay, so all of these idiot rappers signed this I don't know who's an idiot rapper or who's what. Whoever performed there obviously has to... I don't know. If it's just because they see him as supporting Israel and that's why they're doing it, or whether they all had to do it, I don't know. But it seems like they were all on board anyway, because, you know, the left's always on board with any cause that goes against what everybody else thinks. So, you know they're doomed to be wrong, because they always are. So, Palestinians, that's their new thing. Good for them. Our new thing is training people in colleges to spread the notion of liberty and small government. Anyway, the festival which began in 1994 as strong social justice overtones, including a particular affinity for promoting a Palestinian state. You know, most musicians are always going to be progs because it's all about playing the emotions at the intellect and they're they're emotional people. Their emotions r- put the food on the table. Uh, it's just the way it is. So they're always on the wrong side of these issues because they believe the communist propaganda. And well, they're useful idiots. In a translated Facebook statement regarding Maddie's controversy, Rototom used the words "occupation" and "occupy" to describe Israel's relationship 
with what the event organizers see as Palestinian territories. They never was a Palestine. These are like the people, you, the guy who walks on the street, the idiots, he does says all these bizarre things. They got him to say. They got to get him to sign a paper to ban water. I remember that. Wasn't that on your Twitter feed? Oh, I probably put it on my Twitter feed. Oh yeah. my goodness, I remember that. He does. Idiots. He does things all the time. Uh, I don't follow him that that closely. But yeah, that was a good one. Uh, well, this is a uh, hydrogen dioxide. We must ban this meat. It's horrible stuff. Oh yeah, that, wait. Let me soft sign that. That's bad stuff. <laughs> Like the stupid girl. Hydrogen dioxide is H2O, which is water. 80 miles an hour. These are the same people that buy into the global man-made climate change, man. All right. <laughs> Rototom. That's a nice, it, it's an interesting name. Rototom. Does he have a Rototom that he plays? Is that why he's a Rototom? He's a rapper. The festival has a social forum, which has discussed the issue numerous times, according to the Facebook statement. Though permitting Maddie to perform his music, which is not characterized as pro-Israel, but does draw on Jewish tradition, is apparently not part of that discussion. Maddie, a Pennsylvania-born Jew, whose real name is Matthew Miller, has not yet addressed the debate. Why would you take a... Japanese name is your stage name. Matishiyahu. It's so hard to say as it is. Matishiyahu. But that sounds stupid. You changed your name to that? Wow. I'm sorry. I got to question the intelligence of the people that listen to him. Moving right along to the segment two. Don't you have a button to push? I do have a button to push. Yeah, she was busy leaning back reading. <laughs> Shall I push the button? Yep. It's almost imperceptible the way they gain their ground. Steal an inch just to take a mile every time you turn around. They assassinate our liberties cause me sleepless nights. Every time they pass another firearms law, they assault my bill of rights. As they plead for public safety and they press on towards their goal, I say the brave bill is a stab of look back in the fight for gun control. Cause I'm a pride to keep alive freedom in the bill of rights made for American. Who's gonna rise and take a stand, draw a line in the sand, hold the line to kingdom come? So if they ever try to legislate, send the troops to confiscate before the dirty deed gets done. Somebody's blood all down the street might run. If they ever try to come and take my gun. Well, they better never try to come and take my Okay, thank you. Call Clang Clang with a K dot com. Of course, that means it's time for the Second Amendment report. Tonight, featuring Susan. I'm reading a lot tonight. I even did the prayer. 
All right. This is from America's First Freedom, which is an NRA magazine. Get over it. You get it free with your $35 yearly membership, and more importantly, you get free gun insurance and accident insurance in case you shoot yourself or get shot or something like that. Life All for free. Isn't that life insurance they give you for free? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, not well, accident insurance. No, no, it's accident insurance. It's it it covers you in case you get into an accident and it's as and uh, with a gun. It also if you're killed with one. <laughs> so they pay out different things depending on what happens. Death being obviously the one, but it's all included for free. And if you want to add to it, you can add money to it and have a better plan, whatever the case may be, or just use it as a supplemental side thing. And it's free. But I'm telling you, priceless is the gun insurance. I. Lost my Glock one year in one winter, and I went nuts trying to figure out what happened. And I couldn't find it. And I had to call the sheriff up and tell him that I lost my gun, and it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to do. Second only to telling him I found it. Uh, after the snow melted in spring... <laughs> yes, it did. There was the Glock on the side of the road, you know, where all, everything gets pushed and, and, uh, looked good as new. Still functioned. Nothing wrong with it. I brought it in, wiped it off, put oil all over it, wiped it off. Works fine. No, no rust either. I was amazed at the, the, the coating they put that they use on these guns are incredible. I didn't buy all the, believe every, the guy who spent, did all these things to the Glock. I, I thought it was kind of like a publicity thing, but after that, man, I'm done, I'm done with anything but Glocks. That's, that was impressive. And that's what I want. I want a gun that I can drop in a mud puddle, pick it up and shoot you with it. That's just me. <laughs> all right. So to continue. Arthur M. Lewis, 89, a decorated World War II veteran, was working in his jewelry business around 3 p.m. when a man with a gun entered the store. Uh, let me just say, I am extremely impressed that an 89-year-old gentleman owns a store and works it. He's almost 90 years old. They don't make them like that anymore. Correct. <laughs> what do they say? It's back from a day when... Uh... Ships were made of wood and men were made of steel, and now ships are made of steel and men are made of wood. I think we've gone a step below wood now. I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe clay. <laughs> There's a heavy metal song about that. Or barnacle or something. I don't know. <laughs> barnacles are pretty tough. You remember cleaning them off of your... <laughs> I remember barnacles. <laughs> off of your boat when you were young? Lewis quickly grabbed the thirty-eight caliber handgun he was carrying in his pocket. The would-be robber exchanged gunfire with Lewis before fleeing the scene. He was later found at a local hospital suffering from six gunshot wounds. After being treated, the assailant was arrested and now faces charges. And we're going to get get this, Brian, what they do. You remember we were talking about piling on? Okay. So, he faces charges of armed robbery, felon in possession of a firearm, What's the difference between armed robbery and felon? In possession, because each each case he has violated a different law. He's a felon, and and you're not allowed to have guns. So felon with a gun is one. 
armed robbery is the second one. Okay. But you figure that would cover the gun. But no, that's not how it works anymore. They just pile everything up. That's what I keep talking about. It's it's a game that DAs use to get people to take a plea deal. They they stack. Now I'm gonna put. I got enough here. They'll say I got enough here. They read off those charges to put you away for the rest of your life. I mean, now for a one-time only deal, if you admit to doing this and you give me a confession, then I'll only give you ten years time off of good behavior. Well, Stossel, we were listening to him yesterday, and he was doing a whole uh, episode of uh, a whole show on how the judiciary is so corrupt. And what the cops do to coerce you to into confessing things you don't even do. Well, yeah, that's where the that's where the whole nonsense begins to break you down. You should not be able to interrogate anybody for twenty one hours straight. Cops get to take shifts. They go take naps, and the other guy comes in. They keep hammering at you. Anybody can get broke down like that. Sleep deprivation. It's torture. It's a form not, of torture. Uh, not only that, you you lose your you can't think straight. When you are deep when you really have sleep deprivation, it affects your mind. It can't function properly. You can't think clearly. That's when they that's when you make stupid judgment calls. Like, I'm gonna con I'm gonna just say I did something I didn't even do just so I could possibly get out of jail in ten years. And it, you, it happens. It has happened. And it's why I've said I do not want a justice system like this. I want a justice system where guilty people I don't care about the ones that get away. I care about the ones that are locked up that had the liberty taken away from them at wrong, wrongly so. Now, when you give me a 100% guarantee that no innocent person will be locked up, now I can talk about being behind that kind of system. But we don't have that. Well, we have, it's already been proven. People are released off, lots of people are released off of death row. How many were killed that we don't know about that were innocent? This is, these people were convicted, lost all their appeals. They were going to get fried. And the DNA, then new DNA evidence came through and exonerated them. How many of them went, went to the chair before that phone call was made? You know what I'm saying? They don't, well, they'll never, they'll never tell you about those because that they'll never admit to, I bet. So. He was charged with armed robbery, felon in possession of a firearm, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and armed burglary. What the hell? I just explained it. Well, I know, but it, 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 even me reading it, it doesn't make sense. How could he already aggravated battery with a deadly weapon? Then why was it armed bar burglary? In, <laughs> I mean, in, my, in my opinion, this is how it should work. Pick one, counselor. Yep. You only get to charge him with one crime. Pick it. It was only one incident, so it's only one crime. On oh, robbery. Uh, yeah, That's or it. as, or, or how about this, so it makes more sense. For every criminal, you can only charge them for one crime. For the same, for one act. So one crime per act, not 20 crimes per act, one. If he did five crimes, fine. That's five charges. For five separate events. Five separate crimes. Not five charges for the same action. That's ridiculous. Pick which one you want to charge him with. 
Lewis's left arm was grazed by a bullet, but he was otherwise unscathed. The Palm Beach Post, Palm Beach, Florida, on H2614. The other thing that is impressive with this is a 90-year-old man shot this guy six times and hit him. When you're 90 years old, you don't think about putting up your dukes. You wisely pick up the gun. That's how, that's how you live to 90. I wouldn't be hitting anybody with anything except, I don't know, maybe a baseball bat. I'd rather shoot him. Whatever I could get my hands on if I didn't have a gun on me. Yeah, well, I'd rather shoot him. Oh, I try and, I try and limit the amount of time there's not a gun on my person at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's always a good reason to carry a gun. Always. It's like, be prepared. Like the, like the Boy Scouts used to be. Now it's called, uh, sex, uh, sex camp, I guess. With the homosexuals. Uh, that, that's speaking. What are those, what are those, what is that alternative to the Boy Scouts? Some trail, trail something? Trailblazers. Trailblazers. You guys do a search. If you have a kid, you, you would have wanted to go to Boy Scouts and, but you're not going to send it to, you know, sex camp. Then this is for you because it's religious. It's got a religious foundation. Uh, they have to be affiliated with church, things like that. But anyway, look about Trailblazers for boys. And it's, uh, what is it called for the girls again? You should remember. The American Heritage Girls. American Heritage Girls. If you don't find one and you really think it's a good idea, then uh, maybe you want to call them and start your own chapter. Yes, they're very, very much um, enthusiastic for other people to start their own chapters. Very helpful. My daughter did, my, but we don't know if she still is. <laughs> She's not. Okay. Now I will go on with these from weight.com. A W A I T. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Boy, I've, I've heard that said a lot. <laughs> oh boy, have I heard that said a lot. The Alabama church has opened a gun range behind its sanctuary as an extension of its fellowship. Wyatt. Now it says Wyatt instead of weight. Wyatt reports, W-I-A-T. Oh, Susan must have typoed it, I guess. I don't know. The Red Clay Dirt Range behind the Rocky Mount United Methodist Church in Jemison began an overgrown gully once filled with snakes and vermin. According to the station, it's one of those cool things they say at home, vermin. States of her, according to the station, and has turned into a ministry that includes guns, bullets, and the Bible. Mount Union Senior Philip, it's almost gun, Gun, G U I N, Gun, 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 Heartbreak, gotta go. Uncooperative radio show, stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile.
Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Who can make the sun rise? Promise you the moon. Cover you with health care and a miracle or two. Obama can. Obama can. Oh, Obama can, man. Obama can, And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward, while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. Jeremiah was my pastor. He was a good friend of mine. I said I never heard a single nasty word he said, and I hope you'd believe that line. I had the audacity of hope that you'd believe that line. Now I'm saying, Reverend Wright was wrong. Jeremiah's gone now. He sleeps with the fishes in the deep blue sea. And he didn't speak for me. Five different budget plans on both ends of the ideological spectrum failed. Five budget plans failed in the Senate. Among them, a 99-0 vote, defeating President Obama's $3.8 trillion budget request. The Democrats are afraid of their own shadow in the Senate. They even vote down their own president's budget. Only takes 51 votes to pass a budget. Democrats in the Senate refuse to be held accountable. Under the Democratic control of the Senate, for three straight years, there hasn't been a budget. We haven't had one for three years. The result of no discipline for three years is you spend $10 trillion $400 billion. Our national debt is more than $15.6 trillion. Approaching the $16 trillion mark. $16 trillion worth of debt. It's the number one threat to our national security. The longer we wait, the more difficult the solution is going to be. The federal government is now twice the size it was in 2001. National unemployment has registered above 8% for the last 38 months. There's no way Barack Obama, with a straight face, can come before the American people and argue that somehow he has made things better than they were when he got here. The Obama economy isn't working for a lot of Americans. People across the country know what they want. They want a healthy economy. And the Obama economy is not a healthy economy. Most Americans have soured on the economy, and they've now soured on this president. 42% said he's made it worse. Independents, by double digits, think he made it worse. We're not where we should right. be. Obama made it worse. At a time when it's hard enough already to create jobs in America, 
America. Have policies that maximize economic growth. Supports our economy. Growing our economy. Build our economy. Help this economy grow. Create jobs. American jobs. Jumpstart the economy. Create jobs. We should be focusing on jobs and the economy. So if you're looking for a simple three-word description of the Democrat approach to the problems we face, it's this. Duck and cover. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. Featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com. Okay, Ed. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. And back to Philip Guyon. How, you know, I've never been had a hard time with names like tonight. What's with this? <laughs> Mount Union's pastor, Philip Guyon, says the idea of a gun range came up because we had quite a number of church members, some elderly ladies, for example, and some not-so-elderly women that had purchased guns but didn't know how to use them. The, the range... Uh, <clears throat> the range was originally used to teach firearm safety, but then transitioned into the Rocky Mount Hunt and Gun Club because many in the congregation hunt or are gun enthusiasts. This is an opportunity for us to reach out in the name of Jesus Christ in a setting that is completely unique. Even odd by some people's standards, but who's to say that church can't happen right here? Guyun told W-I-A-T, not W-A-I-T. What? <laughs> I copy and paste. Yes, but in the title where it says from, uh -huh. it said wait.com. Ah. You dyslexicized. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. Good for them. Well. Okay, when is somebody going to come in and sue them now for this? You can't sue them for it. Really? Really. Separation of gun and church? No such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing as separation of gun no, there's church no and reason, state either. There's no, no, and there's no reason why a church shouldn't have, allow its congregation to carry... What kind of idiot thinks that he has he is above his flock like that to disarm them and leave them to the slaughter? That's the story that came out of that church shooting. That's the story you haven't heard. That's the opinion nobody has except me, it seems. And yet, I'm right. The answer to all of this gun nut problem is more guns, not less. See, the nuts get killed off. Oh, and we got to get our kids out of the indoctrination centers and off the ADD drugs, okay? Uh, you know, people that have ADD actually are very successful. 
There are people like Glenn Beck, you know, just constantly kind of one thing or another. Or Sean Hannity does a radio show. He does a TV show. And he does other stuff on top of that. It's like, when does the man even have time to sleep? I don't know. See, that, he would have been given ADD meds and he would have never become Sean Hannity. He would have never been a, likely on the radio, the radio success he was, which would have led to him not being on Fox News. So how, do you have any idea how many children have had their futures taken away from them in this country? All of the ones that are committing the crimes, by the way. They all hit gun-free zones, and they're all on some kind of psychotropic drug where it's antidepressant, ADD, etc., etc. No, I don't, I don't do conspiracy theories, sorry. So the club is currently compromised solely of church members, but it is becoming a favorite of the Jemison Police Department. Mark McKinn, Deputy Chief of the Department, said officers train here on a regular basis and use the range to offer safety courses to the public. Wow, the, the cops here in Montana, you know, they just they just practice once a year so they can qualify and then they're, they're done. No, they're not good shots at all. Really, the whole purpose of this range is to provide recreational and gun safety in a warm, loving Christian environment. Gunn told UPI, we wanted to come up with some different ideas to help our church grow, and we thought this would be a unique ministry to offer to the community. Wait, are we an hour two? Three? If you're listening to this, it's hour three, and there's two other shows in front of it. If you're listening to the other shows, you're not hearing this and have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> right now, we're just really happy... With how everything turned out, Goon said, we found a use for the small Grand Canyon behind our church and turned it into something that is pretty cool. That's what I like, repurposing land. From eyesore to gun range. hoo But, Brian, if you are a true lover of the environment, where did the snakes go? They got rid of the snakes. The snakes have no more home. They went back into the woods where they belong. Into the swamps. Poor snakes. Yes. You know, I don't think you I don't think you could ever draw up sympathy for snakes. No, snakes in a plane. <laughs> you know what I've said. Environmentalists really hate the environment. <laughs> Environmentalism has nothing to do with the environment. It's all about global politics. Oh right. Moving right along. Oh, go ahead, push the button. Watch out for that voice step, Mac. It's a Lulu. Yes, Bugs, it's the Looney Tooney Global Warming Report from the Associated Press. Just when you thought you had gotten over last winter, be warned. The old farmer's almanac predicts it will be super cold with a slew of snow for much of the country. Oh, man. You're kidding me. Oh. Even in places that don't usually see too much of it, like the Pacific Northwest. Oh no, it's man-made climate change! Oh! Yeah, right. Tell me, tell me when we get, uh, I don't know, tell me when we get six feet of snow dropped in Long Island twice in, in one month. Show me that again, then you can get me to wake up, then I'll pay attention at least. 
because I went through that. And you all said I was going to freeze to death and it didn't happen. Now, then you said we're going to roast and that didn't happen. Now you're saying anything, everything that's happening is because of man-made global climate change and that evil carbon dioxide that we must get rid of. I, I You do know we need carbon dioxide, right? There's no such thing as too much of it. There isn't. I know. <laughs> Plants just grow better. That's all. And if it's such a big mount, how come we don't know the difference between breathing? But it's in the upper atmosphere. I just want to warn. The stratosphere? Really? Okay, well, or maybe. But uh, there's supposed to be carbon dioxide up there. So next. I also lived through the hairspray making a hole in the ozone farce, too. That was another commie prank. I call these pranks now. It's another commie prank because they're like kids leaving the flaming bag of dog do on the floor and porch and ringing the bell and running away i want to warn everyone to put the gorilla tape on a little extra because <laughs> these articles i found are, are, are very bizarre and frightening and scary and disturbing Ooh, disturbing we like disturbing don't we if you don't want to read about these four letter words there's plenty more to peruse in the folksy annual book of household tips, trends, recipes, and articles such as Animal Jealousy, The History of Shoes, and Anticipation for the Biggest Supermoon in Decades in November 2016. Oh my goodness! Dun, dun, dun! Otherwise... Look for the above-normal snow and below-normal temperatures for much of New England, icy conditions in the parts of the south, and frigid weather in the Midwest. The snowiest periods in the Pacific Northwest will be in mid-December, early to mid-January, mid to late February, uh, the Almanac predicts. From the Pacific Northwest, huh? Got to prepare for that. Remember, mid-December, we got to have the snowmobiles ready. Just about everybody who gets snow will have a white Christmas in one capacity or another. Editor Janice Stillman said from Dublin, New Hampshire, where the almanac is compiled. It is due out in the coming week. You know, this almanac is really uncannily accurate. If you haven't ever gotten the Farmer's Almanac. It was actually started by Ben Franklin. It was called something else. Uh, poor something. Didn't matter. This, it was the father of that, and it was good. The Almanac says there will be above normal rainfall in the first half of the winter in California. Then the, that will dry up, and the drought is expected to continue. We don't expect a whole lot of relief, Stillman said. The weather predictions are based on a secret formula that founder Robert B. Thomas designed using solar cycles, climatology, and meteorological forecasts emphasize how much temperature and precipitation will deviate from 30-year averages compiled by government agencies. Wow. That was a mouthful. No one's perfect, and some meteorologists generally poo-poo the almanac's forecast as too unscientific to be worth much. The Almanac, which de depends its accuracy for its predictions overall, 
says its greatest errors were in underestimating how far above normal California temperatures in Boston area snowfall would be, although it did predict both would be above normal. What do you want, a soothsayer? You know what I'm saying? The record-breaking winter in Boston dumped more than 110 inches of snow on the city. Doesn't call for as much this year. The 224-year-old almanac, believed to be the oldest continually published periodical in North America, is 26 years older than its closest competitor, the Farmer's Almanac. Oh, this is something else. I didn't remember the name. Oh. See, I don't go by the Farmer's Almanac. That's what I used to read. So that's out, due out in August. The, front, the Almanac. What was the first? I don't know. The old Farmer's Almanac predicts it'll be cool calls it. What? It says the old farmer's almanac. I don't see where I've looked. I messed up there, ladies and gentlemen, but I didn't hear anything that it was something different. And then it says 26 years older than its closest competitor. So, so you got the old farmer's almanac and then the farmer's almanac? Wow. Got to get me one of them. Like I said, now I know I have to get my snowmobiles ready sooner. From CNSnews.com, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Gina McCarthy said on Tuesday that climate change affects everything and everyone we love, including our ability to secure a livelihood. Clim climate change is normal. Climate changes is one of the most important issues test we faced. What? It is a global challenge, but in many ways it's also very personal to us, all of us, because it affects everything and everyone we love, McCarthy said. It affects our kids, our communities, even our ability to earn a decent living. My God! McCarthy was speaking at the Resources for the Future Think Tank in Washington, D.C., where she lauded the Clean Power Plan, the new federal rule to regulate carbon emissions from U.S. power plants. The only thing our kids should be afraid of catching in the backyard is cooties, says Health and Human Service Secretary Sylvia Burwell. I don't think kids today know what cooties is. Prague. She explained that the rule finalized this month by the Environmental Protection Agency We'll leave the planet safer and healthier for our children and our grandchildren by cutting carbon pollution from coal-fired plants and ensuring that babies freeze to death in their cradles. <laughs> no, that was me. <clears throat> Burwell then listed five reasons why the 1,560-page rule will help future generations. Because breathing outdoors shouldn't send kids to the hospital. Oh, really? Tell that to the smog in L.A. They're so worried about pollutants, yet one of the biggest prog capitals of the planet, Los Angeles, California, is smog central, baby. Why don't you do something about your own air? 
That's why you start worrying about everybody else's. Because they don't care about clean air. They care about government control. <sighs> anyway. Um, because the outdoors should be for running, not runny noses. Well, then don't send them out in the cold either because they get runny noses. She says climate change is lengthening the pollen allery seasons. Because they will get enough smoke around campfires, Berkwell links increased frequency of wildfires to climate change. Because the only thing our kids should be afraid of catching in the backyard is cooties, she warns that the illnesses such as tick-borne Lyme disease will become more frequent as increased carbon pollution warms our climate. Yes, as you will, as you will be lovingly getting warmer and enjoying the warmth, the end of the world is happening at the same time. Little did we know. Because you have enough to worry about without threat of extreme weather events, a warming climate caused by carbon pollution could contribute to severe cold spells and heat waves that threaten the lives of countless children and their family living in poverty. Ah! Burwell wrote. Not so much. Uh, wow. Talk about fear-mongering. I thought that was our job. <laughs> That's a lot of fear. It's my, the world's going to come to an end. You're going to be... Zombie heaven. Uh, I love it. It's going to be both severe cold and extreme heat. They don't know. There's going to be that. <laughs> There'll be weather. The blog includes a graphic claiming that the clean power plan will reduce premature deaths from power plant emissions by nearly 90% in 2013. I'd like to, like to read that study, please. And will reduce the pollutants that cause asthma attacks in children by 70% in 2030. They'll be dead by then because they have no heat and they're going to freeze to death. Oh, well, I'm not kidding you. That is what's going to happen. And these progs plan on killing about 200 million Americans anyway. So, uh, you know, this is all part of their plan. They, they're saying, yeah, there'll be less, less pollutants in the air in 2030. There'll also be less children left alive. It's, but don't, don't let that bother you. They'll just sell it for body parts. Oh! 90% <laughs> in 2013, my goodness. And will reduce the pollutants that cause asthma by 70 in 2030. The Clean Power Plan offers a future with a healthier economy. No, it doesn't. Healthier environments. Who's to say? And healthier childhoods. Absolutely not. Together we could bring our children a world that is a bit greener and a bit healthier. How about we just give them a future? Let me know when you got that taken care of. But critics, including Senator John Brasso, Republican Wyoming, said the clean power plan will reduce energy reliability, jobs, and economic growth. Well, of course it will. Any idiot knows that. She did not expand on how climate change affects people's ability to earn a living, but according to the American Action Forum, the Clean Power Plan will mean thousands of people losing their jobs. Bingo. According to the research done by the Policy Institute, the regulation will result in a shuttering of 66 coal plants and the loss of 125,800 jobs. And adult West Virginia coal mining and the Blue Mountains, all of it. 
shut down, man. People out of work or selling to China. Either way, our resources, our cheapest resource, coal, which we have in abundance, we, we want to stop using that and let China have the benefit of cheap, reliable energy. That's what made America great, was cheap, reliable energy. What do you think fueled, uh, you know, you were told it was all the people opened up businesses. It was the, I don't know, the, what do you, what's that complex? The government uh, military complex? I don't know. But they they couldn't have become industrialized without power. It was power that drove our greatness. Free and well cheap and reliable power. So let's get rid of that so that everybody else can have cheap, reliable power so they can catch up. All right. Can we tell everyone how it's supposed to work? How it's supposed to work? How our republic's supposed to work. Oh, well, that's going to take all, some time. First of all, no regulations. Unconstitutional. Amend the Constitution. No regulatory agencies or bureaus amend the Constitution. And if there is this mess that we're in right now, the last part of the Republic to safeguard us is our own state. Our state says no. California says yes. That's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, what's it not? Just say no. West Virginia Trust me on this. There's not another law, regulation. And by the way, regulations are laws. So, uh, there is not. There are too many laws in the books. We don't need not. We don't need one more law. Not one more. Do you hear that, O'Reilly? With your with your cause du jour of the day for new laws. Yeah, you're doing the opposite of what you do in this country, bud. Not increase government power, but decrease it. But it's a, I know it's a touchy-feely. He he loves those heart-wrenching ones so that he can get away with it. So you can't, oh, come on, he's a, he's just, yeah, well, he's just wrong. Okay, this is what you everybody needs to do. They need to put a rubber band, if you're left-handed on your right hand, if you're right-handed on your left hand, make it as thick as possible. And if you think there needs to be another law, what are we supposed to do? Pull back on it and release. Snap. As hard as you can, and reset your brain. Just keep 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 doing it every time you think or say that, and you'll stop thinking and saying that. I guarantee. And we, there are too many laws in the books. There's already, trust me, there's already a law, a law that covers that on the books. Uh, it's ridiculous, like drunk driving. No, no, reckless driving. It was already on the books. Getting behind the wheel, drunk, swerving all over the road, obviously can't drive. That's reckless driving. We didn't need a, a special law because a bunch of angry moms said we needed a special law to, to feed the government money and, and not stop one drunk from driving. There are guys that have been caught five times drunk driving. Illegal aliens. Illegal aliens Over and that. over and over again. Killing people. <coughs> don't Running make laws. Over. Don't make laws to change behavior because it will not work anyway. And you're just making criminals out of your neighbors. So cut it out. It's not your job to enforce God's will. God's God wanted people to follow Him blindly or through coercion. He's certainly capable of doing that. Free will is His gift to all mankind, and therefore, who are you to take it away from anybody? Hey, you don't have to answer to me. Judge not, yet 
ye be judged, but I guarantee you, man upstairs is going to judge. The resource also found coal generation would be reduced by 48%, but the loss in the for cutting those plants will be 120,000 jobs. Okay, now here's another thing. You're going to let your people be in poverty, okay? Because you're listening to a coercive, unconstitutional, unlawful, and criminal government. So you're going to make your people pay for that. Instead of just saying no, what do you think the government's going to do to you if you say, no, I'm not doing this? What are they going to do? They keep asking us, what are we going to do about it? Well, I think we should turn it back on them now and say, we're not doing this. What are you going to do about it? Well, that's actually doing something about it. We're just saying no. Not allowing its enforcement within the state boundary. What is the, what would the federal government do? It'll do something. And believe me, the people the, the people running this show above Obama, they have no problems killing people. That's why you got you can't move too soon. You've got to work from the ground up. Now, you can tr start nullifying like they're doing in Texas. See what happens. Don't go to court if you're going to nullify. That's what the second thing I was going to say. It's not part of nullification. No. There's no going to the courts. Once you nullify, it's over. The discussion is over. These laws will not enter my state. They will not be enforced on my citizens, and that's it. We forget. We created the local and state governments. We and the state governments created that national government to do our bidding, not for us to do its. That's where the power still resides in we, the people. We just need to get people to realize that the government is trying to divide us every way it can. You can see it with the Black Lives Matter thing now. You see how narcissistic and bigoted black people are? The gall to just make a sign and a hashtag. Oh, what's a hashtag? Black Lives Matter. Well, what about everybody else's lives? How about white people's lives? Why? How about white people's lives matter? How about cops' lives matter? How about yellow people's lives matter? Oh, they haven't started killing them recently. <laughs> That's a, they used to be. And they used to do the bodegas in New York City ghettos. Uh, yeah, they. I, I never understood the, Why do you hate the Koreans? Because they're in our neighborhoods and they they're running the store, not us. I'm like, um. Well, I'm pretty sure they had to have money to open the store, stock it, and stuff like that. Do you have any of that? No. Well, that's why you don't own the store. But they're feeding you. Why are you mad at them? Most people won't even come work. Wouldn't open a store here, not for a million dollars. And what people do, they treat them like crap and wonder why nobody wants to go and open up stores after they burn them out. I don't know. Why is the ghettos? Why are we like this? Because you've created your own environment by constantly destroying anything human. Anyway, yeah, you heard me right. <laughs> According to American Coalition of Clean Coal Electricity, the ACCCE, using data from the Federal Energy Information Administration, coal resources in the United States represent one quarter of the world's total coal supply. The U.S. has more than 260 billion tons of coal reserves and currently uses about 925 million tons of coal 
a year. At this rate, the U.S. coal supply would last for 280 years, according to the ACCCE. And that's assuming it, the Earth doesn't make any more carbon coal. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of stuff come. Too much stuff's happening. Too much stuff's happening. Especially when you br also bring it the fact that the uh, a really good analysis of how Noah's Ark really happened scientifically and and that carbon dating is has been proven inaccurate and no one said a word about it and they keep saying it's carbon dated, it's carbon dated. It's already been proven to be inaccurate. Now they got they're trying to figure out how inaccurate. They're not sure the world is only five thousand years old anymore. Do you know that? Oh that stupid Bible. Uh do you do you people even understand you said you people that the old testament in your christian bible is the part of a sort of sort of the jewish torah and kubash i think i don't think you could they may be the talmud uh but anyway it's jewish history you know that right i've had arguments with christians that don't understand that the old testament is jewish history not christian history jewish history they were jews guess who else was a jew Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. A brown-skinned Jew. So what? <laughs> People were to... We have no idea. All these things are dying. Jesus is... We know Jesus existed because even the Jews say that, but they don't... They claim he wasn't the Messiah or the Son of God, and they call him Joshua. But, but, but they have kept records all through those many many thousands of years that's in the old testament the torah i'm sorry it can't be made up that's what that's where the atheists lose everything really they've been keeping this history for five thousand years but you say it's made up nonsense well then everything's made up nonsense because that is the most that is the most documented historic accounts that exist in history they just want to dismiss it entirely it's all made up really then how can we keep finding you know this goes back this far this goes back that far where is it coming from science is just gets pissy when it's proven that you know what all you're trying to do is learn all of god's secrets you've got a long way to go baby Anyway, it seems I was supposed to talk about, uh, didn't do the spiel yet, did you? Nope. All right. Where can you listen to our show? Do a search for Uncooperative Radio. You'll have a bunch of places, but if you're on iTunes, we're on iTunes. If you're on iHeart, we're on iHeart. If you're on Spreaker, we're on Spreaker. Sometimes I put it up on podcasts. I think it's picked up on Podbean. My RSS feeds are picked up all over the place, so I don't, I, I really can't keep track of it. So just do a search and, and figure out where the best place to listen to us is. But we are picked up and rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com. Our show is rebroadcasted on Studio A, Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
And the 24-7 listener line, in case you don't have any data or whatever, and you just have a phone, a regular old phone, maybe it's one of those old, ancient, bake-like ones that you can't break if you tried. Uh, well, we have a line for you called to listen. Not to chat, but to listen. And at 605-562-4209. 605-562-4209. Studio B. I'm trying to find Studio B. <laughs> Rustling of the papers. Stuck together papers. <laughs> we need your right. computer. On Studio B, our show is rebroadcast Saturday, 12 a.m. Eastern, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And the 24-7 listener line is 518-712-0045. I don't know what else to say. But you can always listen to download all our shows at uncooperativeradio.com. Which right now points to Spreaker. What? Segment 3, The Wonderful World of Animals. What time is it? Why do you care? How much time do I have left? You have time. So, well, because I can push things sometimes when I want to. That's why. You have half an hour. Oh, we're not even close. Why are you staring at me? <laughs> Tell her stop staring. <laughs> I don't. My papers are stuck together. Again. There they go. Uh, more rattling now. Banging. That was a banging. bad hard drive hitting the deck. <laughs> I know. I need. Really? I need so many different things for the studio, ladies and gentlemen. So if you <laughs> want, don't want to hear these kinds of noises and problems, and you have some cash that you don't want, don't seem to want anymore, uh, you go to uncooperativeblogger.com and you can on the left sidebar there. There's a donate button. You click that, and you could donate to the show to help keep us on the air, buy new equipment. Which right now I need a computer. I need uh, supports for the microphones. And some corking for the table i need a million things <laughs> that have nothing to do with the radio show but anyway there you go if you want to or or maybe you're just going to support you support us by you know, checking out some of our sponsors great well, whatever works works you didn't do the spiel about your books so i guess they don't know about it nobody nobody bought it during the uh special did you check i didn't check yet yeah curious I didn't get any uh, notices from Amazon, but they don't tell me anything. Oh, I forgot that. More paper shuffling. Oh, right. While you're at RedStateTalkRadio.com, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. It's not what you think. You're going to really enjoy it because really good people contributing to the articles. that are really big guns. You'll like it. Uh, it's really professionally done. I was actually really impressed when I saw it. Most newsletters start out kind of clunky, not this one. It's good. It's got the material. It's got the talent. And it's free. And also, at RedStateTalkRadio.com, they have apps for you if you have iPhone or Android. Um, check that out. Again, that's in the, one of the right sidebars as you scroll down. I know that the place is very busy. It's commercial heaven. It's like Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like Times Square? It's just lots of lights. And, well, now Times Square is starting to look like Japan, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That would really bug me out. Especially <laughs> with the rickshaws. Huh? Actually, I probably think that'd be pretty cool, but I'd never get a ride. <laughs> they take one look at you and say, oh, no, not the tiki no washi. 
Too biggie. Well, you break on my back. <laughs> All right. Um, from Fox News, the founder of Canadian Zoo had a hard time believing owners of a Toronto home were living with 150 large alligators and crocodiles until he discovered it wasn't just another reptilian urban myth. Pray tell. Breiloitzt of the Indian River Reptile Zoo in Ontario says the homo that's a Canada says the homeowners approached him when the reptiles began to outgrow the enclosures where they were kept, the Toronto Globe and Mail reported. Why and all that is holy would you have pet gators and pet crocodiles? They like old things that creep them Do out and make them scared. Do you have any idea how much money it would cost to feed them? No, but I know I, w I wouldn't want to be the one fed to it. I'm not worried too much and about who, them starving. Who are their neighbors? <laughs> They're in tanks, isn't They're in enclosures. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want Fifi to be missing one night. Alligators, and if, they don't make a lot of noise. You'd never know. They're in enclosures. I know you they're in enclosures. I don't. I know. But it's still, this is bizarro land. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. He's of the Indian River Reptile Zoo in Ontario. He says the homeowners reproached him when the reptiles began to outgrow the enclosures where they were kept, the Toronto Globe and Mail reported. Uh, obviously, they were in some kind of terrarium or something. I don't know. Some kind of enclosure that they keep zoo animals in. And that happened to be reptiles. They told me the number, and I was like, yeah, right, Lois said. So I went down and had a look, and sure enough, it was true. It recently took Loist and 20 volunteers four days to transport the adult-sized creatures to the zoo in construction tubes. The zoo doubles as an animal sanctuary. The reptiles range in size from 4 feet to 11 feet. Their habitat home violated Toronto ordinances prohibiting ownership of any large reptiles in a city residence. How long have they gotten away with this? Long enough to grow up. <laughs> you know, because this, like, again, this author, the um, journalist isn't doing what your formula is. Who, what, where, and why. That isn't who, what, when, where, how, and why. And that is not my formula. Teach that They used to teach that in journalism. I know. That's the journalist's credo. That's, that's, that's your job. Who, what, when, how, where, and why. I like, guess, I think I said did, where twice. But. Why did they have these reptiles? Where did they get them? Who, what, when, how? Yeah. Huh? Where did they get them? I don't know. Maybe it's in the story. I don't. I didn't read it yet. They told me the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was true. Um, then you did the eleven feet. They did the right thing by donating them to a better place. Lois said, "We don't question or yell or scream at them or say." You're stupid for buying an alligator, let alone 150 of them. <laughs> that Brian just did. <laughs> the crocs and gators are getting a new home in a crocodile building that's being built and that will open to the public next summer. Lois said the highest priority now is ensuring the alligators and crocodiles stay healthy and don't become too agitated about the recent move or changes to their surroundings. Yes, nobody wants a pissed-off <laughs> gator. 
I certainly don't. I, just... I don't want to be pissed <laughs> off bear either. That's why I don't carry bear spray, by the way. <laughs> I ain't going to stop a grizzled bear unless it doesn't really want to hit you in the first place. That'll just piss them off. I still cannot believe that these people had these alligators and crocodiles. I I just, I don't know. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around this. I can't wrap my head around the, the neighbors. They had to have known. I don't know, man. I, why didn't they just eat them? <laughs> yes, we've had gator. Gator tail's good. No, I haven't had the other parts of the gator. Just gator tail. I didn't even know they had used any other parts. I thought it was too, like, fatty or whatever. Because of the way they have to be buoyant in the water and stuff. You could use anything on an animal for many different reasons and many different things. Um, you could probably, it just, <clears throat> the best part of the gator is the tail. That's all there is to it. It's like people that cut back, back straps out of animals and that's all they take is the, the meat around their spine because it's the most tender, delicious part of the animal. And they leave the rest to, for the, for whatever. It's illegal in Alaska to do that. You kill it, you take it all. That's just like here. It's illegal here too. Is it? Yep. You gotta take the whole animal. Oh, speaking of which, my friend Deb had a drive-by. She lives out in uh, Virginia. How do you we, get a drive-by? Uh, yeah, listen, where it, I thought she was in the woods. Yeah, no, she's in a. Yeah, she's on a. a she calls it a hill. Um, she's close to the border of West Virginia. Speaking of West Virginia as well, and I do a radio show with her. I'll be doing it tomorrow night. The Women of the Revolution. She's in Virginia. I love the people of West Virginia. They're well, such colorful. These, people. these are yahoos, though. They're yahoos. So they drove it's a by. Yahoo. They drove by at like two o'clock in the morning on a screen. People going Yahoo on a screen in a large old truck with a horrible like like the Land Rover, okay, with no muffler. Okay. And they shot a deer in the middle of the road and left it there for them to find the next day. That's interesting. Why would you do that? I have no idea. She said that they do that quite frequently. They'll come out in the middle of the night, they'll look for deer, they'll shoot them, and then just leave them and go yeah, away. Yeah, because they, what they do is they hit them with the lights. It's called shining, and it's illegal. Uh, the the animal freezes. It can't move. So, I mean, it's just that's just ridiculous. Um, unless you're starving to death, in which case, anything that makes hunting easier is fair game. So it's good to know about those things for when, you know, the crap hits the van and there's no, there's no laws to be enforced and you got to eat. Yay. Speaking of which, I've been trying out a new food product. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I don't know if I'll be selling it or not, but it is survival food. And I'll tell you this, all natural ingredients uh, for survival food, it's good tasting. It's got plenty of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like two giant people with giant appetite foods. You know, I mean, that much. Yeah, you could probably, I could probably feed three or four people. I was going to say four people. Definitely four people. And, uh, but it is not easy to store or convenient in the packaging it has. Um, that does, it does, it isn't conducive to easy storage. So that's a negative. Flavor? Yay. Ne mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, Good quality food, but again, you're just gonna have to have the shelf space because it's not gonna stack like MREs. It, uh, it's, it's better than most survival food I've tasted. 
I mean, it didn't make me go, oh, my God, I can't eat this. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you what the food is until I see if I'm going to sell it. Because then I want you to buy it from me, not somebody else. All right, from Live Science, bears apparently find UFOs unbearable. Good for bears. I, I'm not much for UFOs either. The founder of a... What am I doing? Uh... Bears are uh, airborne robots and other unidentified and uh, uh, I got a fuzzy tongue. I got a comb. Uh, mm, that's better. Unidentified flying objects can make bear hearts beat four times faster. Researchers say this finding suggests that greater caution might be necessary with drones flying above wildlife. Scientists added. Airborne drones, also known as unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, are becoming increasingly popular with Amazon, suggesting they could deliver goods to online shoppers and tech giants such as Google, potentially investigating their use to bring wireless Internet connectivity across the planet. Drones are growing more and more valuable to scientists as well, helping the research wildlife, including endangered species in their natural settings, over difficult terrain and from long distances. And, of course, the government's going to squash that. We can have none of that. Animals often appear to take encounters with these UFOs in stride. For instance, American black bears typically barely seem startled when a UAV comes near, the researchers said. However, recently scientists in the Antarctic found that robots could stress penguins out, even if the birds gave no outward sign of their distress. Wow, what is a stressed... So then how would you know? <laughs> what does a stressed penguin look like? I don't know. I guess like an unstressed penguin. <laughs> now another group of researchers finds that despite the calm demeanor bears may display in the presence of airborne robots, drones make bear heart rates soar. A major sign of stress. The magnitude of some of the heart rate spikes were shocking, study lead author Mark Dittmer, a wildlife ecologist at the University of Minneapolis at St. Paul, told Live Science. To see heart rates go from 41 beats per minute prior to the unmanned aerial vehicle's flight over to over 160 beats per minute during the flight was far beyond what we expected. Wow, that's pretty, that's it's like almost superventricular tachycardia coming on there. <clears throat> Dittmer and his colleagues noticed the heart rate. Well, if you take the fact that their regular heart rate's 41 beats and you change the face to, never mind. Sorry, I even started. Dittmer and his colleagues noticed the heart rate spike while studying bear hibernation. Bears are able to hibernate for many months with only a loss of muscle strength, with only a little loss of muscle strength, despite no food or water, Dittmer said. Understanding how they are able to do this may help long-term patient care. Human muscle atrophies after being bedridden for just a few weeks, or even space exploration. The researchers implanted heart monitors in free-roaming American black bears to better understand how their hearts work. The devices were originally developed by the medical device firm Medtronic in Elizabeth, New Jersey, for though use in people with abnormal hearts. To see the effects of humans or drones on the bears, the researchers also looked at data from GPS collars 
on the animals and investigated how bear heart rates change when near human locales or flying robots. Again. That must be two different things to the bear, I think. <laughs> flying robots and human population. Okay. Again. Why and who would want to even study this? Why would they even want to study this? Because they want to know more about bears. <laughs> maybe they're getting a... a, a maybe. They're they definitely are. definitely getting a grant to study bears. That's why. I want a grant so I could buy a bunch of UAVs, fly around, take pictures of bears, have some fun, go Yahoo. We need grants. It's complicated now calling we, people Yahoos. I mean, does that mean they're on Yahoo? We need a grant. We need we need major grants. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Lots to study up here. Uh, seriously, uh, the, even for the bee project that I'm doing, uh, with trying to find more easy, natural ways for people to take care of bees, uh, even in an urban environment or such a place as this, uh, up 7,000 feet, there's less food up here probably than any other place around here. So still an ongoing experiment to see how much they need supplement because this year I've supplemented them quite a bit. But they're not complete. This is only the, the year they're going to be finally a complete full hive. So anyway, so far so good. But I had to feed them too much. That's not good. But, you know. That's what's that's what experimentation is for to find out. Now I got to see if it's just because I'm overfeeding them and they don't really need it, but they'll take it anyway, or they actually needed it. That's that's the next step. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> we learned from the other bees that you better supplement in spring because they all died. All right. So anyway, here we go. The caller sent the scientists an email with each bear's location every two minutes, while the implanted heart monitors, or biologgers, captured every heartbeat. The researchers then programmed a UAV to fly to the bear's most recent location. It was always constantly windy in that area, northwestern Minnesota, so the UAV often was really fighting the wind, which required us to keep the flights rather short, about five minutes, Dittmer said. Oh, my God, weather, there's climate-affecting drones. Ah! Brian, I don't even know, thinking about that part, How I don't even know if we could have a drone up here because it's always windy, it's always windy up well, here. Well, sometimes, sometimes you fight the wind and sometimes you go along with the wind. You know, and look at all this preparation. They had to capture the bears, then they had to prep them for surgery. Then they had to insert this heart monitor in them. <laughs> then they had to set the See, bears free. This is the problem. I could blow all their grant money right now. The whole project is bust. By doing all that to the animal, you've caused it post-traumatic stress disorder, and it will be. It will forever be freaking out about everything. Ta-da! I love turning that around on them. Sorry, all you means nothing. You gave me PTSD. Sorry. No, we just call it PTS. Not when it's done to the bears. Oh, it's because it's, to the bears? Because it's, it's their label. I like to use it against them. Okay. Because if it's PTSD, then it's forever. It's, not, it's, you know, it's, oh, before. it's a disorder. But, the animal's forever spoiled. We can never get any data from this animal ever again. Just like the vets can never own firearms ever again. Hmm. Before you go on with the end of this article... 
I wanted just to bring up that uh, rustling of cows are on the rise. Still, still on the move, huh? <laughs> still on the move. I, I think I've been reporting on that since I started talking on the radio because up here, this cattle country, and uh, if if you don't know this, rustling has never stopped. It turned out I, I stumbled onto this many years ago that it rustle rustling goes on all the time. Um, how come we never hear about it? I mean, you'd think that would be an interesting tidbit to put out on the news, right? <laughs> Sixty cows were rustled today from the. Circle B Bar Ranch, you know, whatever. But yeah, it turns out it happens all the time. It's just they it usually as long as it stays within its usual percentage, they tend to just write it off is is what's well, been happening. But in, in now Texas, if it picks up in Texas, they have, are dispatching some of the uh, rangers to have a special division just to go after the rustlers, like back in the day. Texas Rangers. Yep cool so it's really on the rise down there they it went up like 40 percent. yeah and you know what else went up illegal alien invaders went up too yep that's what i was thinking yep those are the they they stayed alive by just being opportunistic feeders cows wandered in their path they took them whatever they needed to eat they ate so you know it's not a you can see they come here and suddenly it's like Wow, this is easy. The, the the Mexicans made it hard, but man, these Americans make it easy, and we do. And they and they've been wrestling for us for a while, and we've just accepted the losses and not done anything about it. So I think they're picking up too much. You know, once it hits a certain percentage, the big boys got. I uh, know now something needs to be done. See, and they made a mistake. If they just didn't push it, if they didn't increase it, they probably never would have said anything or done anything about it. Because, like I said, it happens every year. It's nothing new. The scientists admit their conclusions are based on limited data. I told you it's tainted data. Only four bears and 18 UAV flights, Dittmer said, but they felt they could not wait another year to gather more conclusive data before reporting their discovery due to the meteoric rise in UAV use, especially for research and conservation. Due to the meteoric rise in use, especially research and conservation, he said, it should serve as a cautionary tale and at least get people who use them thinking about the potential impacts they may have they may have that might not be apparent. The scientists did note that the bare heart rates recovered very quickly after UAV flights. By no, mean, no means are we advocating against the use of UAVs, especially for research or conservation, Dittmer said. However, until we know which species are tolerant of UAVs, at what distance animals react to the presence of UAVs, and whether or not individuals can habituate to their presence and need to exercise caution when using them around wildlife, especially at close distances. And I will say that there was one about one bear, and it ripped a thing to shreds. They didn't tell that in this story, so I had to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com, and say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here.